0: Come, come, come. hey everybody welcome back to the talking comics podcast it is wednesday june 29th 2022 and you're listening to episode number 554 i am your host steve say and joining me for this week's show are mr bob ryer well how was your week america Poof. uh aaron amos is here i got nothing john burkle uh, how's canada treating you steve Oh, we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit uh, And Chris Carey is also here A
2: hilarious banter about Damien
0: Okay, good, go Yeah <laughs> Alright, um, welcome to our first impossible pivot for this week's episode There's going to be a couple of those But um, if I could have the the microphone for just a moment I would like to read a statement on behalf of Talking Comics before we jump into any planned content for this week's show, we'd like to take some time to address the reversal of Roe v. Wade, a landmark decision by the United States Supreme Court in 1973 that established a person's right to choose, reinforced that family planning is a private matter and that a person's body is theirs to govern. On Friday June 24, 2022, members of the Supreme Court rescinded this constitutional right, effectively giving power over a person's body, to the states where they live and removing freedoms from a class of people for the first time in the history of the United States. The ruling resulted from a conservative majority and threats due to the ongoing culture wars established by the Republican Party. This party has only won a popular vote in national elections once since 1992. This attack on society culminated in the presidency of Donald Trump and the unelected body he co-opted with three consecutive appointments to the Supreme Court, two of which were fraudulently enabled by the Senate Republicans. Here at Talking Comics, we pride ourselves on being pro-choice, pro-LGBTQIA+, pro-inclusion, and anti-fascism. Striking down Roe v. Wade is specifically about control and fear. It's not about abortion, it's not about religion, It's not only about women. It's about people in power, maintaining that power, and coming for everyone, starting with the weak. This behavior is a pattern seen throughout history, and it's repeating itself. We are disgusted, hurt, angry, and afraid. To those of you listening, we love you, we care about you, and we will fight for you. What transpired the other day was a direct attack on people. Humanity and freedom. We cannot allow this pattern of hatred, fear, and rejection to continue. Please, if you or anyone you know can help, please do. And on that note, to kick things around the table, uh, I will announce here that Bronwyn and I are very much open to hosting people who are looking for help. And, uh, uh, if you need to reach out, uh, we have a guest room we are we are willing to host people um, for the reasons that you would imagine and uh if you or anyone that you love or trust uh, needs help, you know how to get to me reach out uh we'll figure something out and we will we will help Bob you would uh would like the floor
3: yeah please Steve that was beautiful. Thank you so much for stating our our collective opinion on that let uh, you <sighs> like say it's this hard to talk about. Having been around when Roe v. Wade became settled law, yet still having to march in support of the right to choose only back in last October makes me quite angry to see where we've come to, if not at all surprised. First, the moral majority of the 80s, then the evangelicals of the 90s, and now the quote-unquote MAGA patriots, have been looking to overturn this decision, well, since the ink was still wet on the paper. What it took for it to happen, well, I could go on for hours about how systems put in play to stop demagogues from obtaining undue power instead led to just that happening. Let me just rail a bit, though, about the folks who said that, well, it didn't matter back in 2016 that a vote against Mrs. Clinton wouldn't lead to the sort of Supreme Court we have now. Yeah, about that... Uh, in Justice Thomas's, and I hate using the word, in, in those words in combination, in Justice Thomas's concurring opinion, the specter of future actions containing other freedoms ensured by the 14th Amendment seem to be on the radar for these quote-unquote patriots. So it's time to really make ourselves heard at the, at the ballot boxes. And, and I know it doesn't apply to anyone in our audience, but for those who think that, these things can only affect other people and not them. Remember what German pastor Martin Niemöller wrote many, many years ago in the, in the rise of Nazism. First they came for the socialists and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me and there was no one left to speak for me.
0: thank you for that Bob uh we will be getting to our regularly scheduled program, but there was no way that we were going to stay silent on all that's transpired um I mean God not just in the past couple of days but in in for what feels like forever uh the pattern that we've established and that that humanity is on is just sometimes it's it's so much um. But, you know, we do like to provide a fun space for people to talk about things that they love, whether it be comics or movies or music or whatever. And we do have plenty of that for you later. But if you know anything about this podcast and the people on here, if you thought that we weren't going to address this, maybe you need to listen harder. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm – i I wrote the thing in the beginning. I said a lot of what I needed to say. I feel like if I open up my mouth too wide, this is just going to spiral out of control. Um, my lighting around stuff is going to be very light this week. I uh, Not only did I have a bunch of commitments that didn't allow me to have a bunch of time to read, but um, I've just been so distraught and angry from, from everything that's transpired over the past couple of days. I was thinking about, when i moved out to canada and how i packed my boxes with newsday and it was trump's inauguration like right when i was leaving for canada and to think of how how much stuff has just gone off the rails it's always been off the rails but just the depths that it has in the past several years, probably the last five years or so, is really sad. Mm-hmm. And somebody who is watching people that I, I love and care about and, and are afraid for back back in the States, kind of watching from not super far, but a little bit afar. Um and having come from there, it's a it's a little bit of a conflicting thing for me. And I feel like I'm kind of like window watching with a lot of this stuff being out here. And, um, it's a, it puts me in a real weird headspace and I don't enjoy it. And I don't, I don't enjoy fearing for my friends and my family and people that I care deeply about and having this stuff come about and be such a vicious attack on so many people Mm -hmm. is disgusting. It is disgusting. These people that are supporting this stuff should be ashamed of themselves. You need to take a hard, hard look at who you are and what your values are. And you need to look inside and you need to change that shit. Figure it out. I'm not kidding. Uh, somebody else go. Like I said, I'm super pissed and I'm just going to go off. Well,
1: I, I can jump in. I mean, I've spent – I mean, my I am – I'm going to begin my 18th year as a government teacher politics and government and just watching how government has moved from governing to political infighting with people being the, the, the carnage left behind. Um, It's, it's reprehensible. I, I have, America is an experiment. It's a grand experiment. And the people involved in it are why it has been, been the greatest country in the world. And we're not that anymore. And it's because of the elected people of who we keep sending to Washington, D.C. to make these decisions. A year ago, a year and a half ago, between November and January of 2020 and 2021, I applauded the courts. The reason the big lie didn't happen is because the courts, the three branches of governments check each other and that unelected body, anytime that the new allegations of voter fraud were present, the courts said, no, give us evidence. And I applauded that. But to see the Supreme Court of the United States by judges who are groomed by the Federalist Society, who are out of touch with what is going on in the world, and to think that their archaic interpretation of the Constitution is what the founders wanted and encouraged by Christians who probably have never even read the Bible because none of the stuff they quote from the Bible is in the fucking Bible. And now this is what we get. And I had to sit down with my two daughters one day and tell them that they don't have the same rights as their brother because a month from now, Iowa is going to take away their right to choose. That is wrong. Our society is going backwards. And the only hope we have is for people to speak up And the youth of today to participate. Because this has to change. Because every elected leader is sending out fundraising emails on this. Rather than fixing it. And that's fucking immoral. And I'm sad. I'm just sad.
4: Yeah, man. So I'll
3: just say this.
4: So I've spent the last four plus years... Five, actually about five, six years, actively scared for my safety because of yep. the changes I've seen in society. Uh, and whenever I'm trying to have conversations with someone to explain to them or help them understand that perspective, I'm often met with this idea that I'm being extreme. We are being extreme in our beliefs, extreme in our our perceptions of what's happening in the world; these are one-off things, et cetera, et cetera. And then today, I came across something that just reminded. It was a statement that just reminded me of what I already knew, but sort of touched into the the feelings that I was having, but I was unable to really verbalize. And it was basically, you know, alluding to uh, the fact that uh, people are saying that overturning Roe versus Wade is really about states' rights, similar to the way that the Civil War was about states' rights, you know, and, and not about slavery. It's very similar, folks. It's a very similar scenario. And I know we want to believe because we've, quote, unquote, evolved and we've grown and we've seen other things come into play. that something that just couldn't happen. But now you see that it can. And now you see that there are people out here who are going to suffer for it. And that if you believe, if you allow yourself for one second to believe that well you know that doesn't affect me i don't have those parts and i don't want to have kids or i don't blah 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 blah. well just wait they're getting to you
5: <laughs> no. yeah.
4: they're ticking off that list and they're working their way over because guess what unless you are a cis white male yeah. in this society you are an other yeah. and they are ticking through the list of others so yeah. just know that yeah that's yep. what I have to say they're
0: coming for everybody they're coming they're coming for everybody it's there is no there is no safety no. in this no, the the downward traje- trajectory of all of it is all too real and they're just checking off boxes at this point they've got all kinds of plans and unless people get organized and come out and mass and say no this is going to continue and you're going to see more and more things go away and people that you care about are going, they are, they are in danger. They're not even going to be. They are, mm-hmm. they already are. Yeah. So, um, Chris, yeah,
2: <laughs> I'm yeah. so
0: sorry to no, I mean, invite I, you onto
2: this heavy I, episode. No, I it's, I've been quiet so far cause it, it's still really hard for me to talk about this at all. I just got back from DC. So I was there while the, the protests have been happening. Um, like I said, I'm I'm grieving. It is hard for me to talk, but I want to. I, I you know want to say what I'm thinking here, but um, forgive only what
0: you're comfortable with. You you know.
2: Well, you know, forgive me if it's inelegant. Um, but, oh please,
0: um, yeah, yeah. After after I went before have you met us,
2: literally just fuck everything. I'm just, <laughs> I am just I I am so mad and so uh, scared for so many people. I work as a therapist for queer people and for women who are facing domestic violence. And our conversation around the office is now, what do we write to insurances to make sure they can't figure out if our clients are pregnant? What do we tell our clients to do? Like, delete your fertility apps, delete your period trackers. Don't let there be any trace of you online in that way. I live in a place, I'm sorry. It's all good. <clears throat> I live in a place where there are Trump flags every neighbor's house. And I'm trying to keep my kids safe. My kids as in my therapy students, the uh, therapist clients and my students safe. And I don't know how to do that. And they come to me with questions and I'm just as scared as they are. So... <laughs> I don't know how to talk about this and I don't know how to feel defeated by it, but I have to say, this is not step one. I feel like a lot of people have really missed all of the signs that have been happening and are going, this is the first step they're coming for the rest of it. They've been coming. They've been coming. There were over 200 laws against trans people this year alone. It's June. They've been coming. We just started caring I told, I'm
0: sorry. I can't say any more today. Okay. No, 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 no. Thank you. It's good. Okay. All right. Um, I'll just, I think, I think we'll probably end it here. I just want to wrap everything up by saying that if you can help, please do. If you can listen, please do be active, get in there, participate, offer, offer your, your mind and listen to people, hear people's stories, make stories, Make good decisions.
2: Can I say um, one last thing?
0: Yeah, yes, absolutely.
2: We, Because of this, we have missed the news that America has gutted the Miranda rights, but it has and it is affecting protesters. So be careful because they do not have to read you your rights anymore and they can hurt you right. more than they did before.
3: Right. There's no recourse. You now cannot sue if you haven't been read your Miranda rights. So we add that Maybe. to the fact that, well, states' rights were important in terms of abortion rights but you could overturn a century-old law in New York about who could carry a gun. So guns, yeah. are, guns are okay, uh, yeah. abortion not. We Okay, pro-life, yeah, I get it. Thanks. Typical You're course. only
1: pro-life in the womb because they don't care if you know, 19 kids get shot in an elementary school. I,
3: I so, they take so, away your Miranda
1: no. rights. They've, they've expanded. They have no longer separation of church and state because now I have to figure out if I have to lead a school prayer next year. Um, if I do, it will be a... I don't non-denominational maybe I'll, I'll go for be a pastafarian pastafarian pasta oh, no I don't know I'm just this this has been going on for 40 years this started in the 1980s with every everything is somebody else's fault every because society is changing it starts with Reagan and it culminates here with this crap that all of your problems are somebody else's fault because they're different your problems are because you're a fucking idiot who can't deal that society is getting more progressive and we need to include the people in our lives not cast them out because they're different than you differences make us stronger
2: i would say it didn't start 40 years ago it started in the beginning you know, when yeah, when so-called right. Christians came over and killed indigenous people mm-hmm. and murdered every two-spirit queer person that they had and enslaved others and, you know, literally it started there. Our country has had evil in it for a very long time, and we are letting mm-hmm. it win.
4: Yeah. And then we're told everyone the that they were savages and they were beasts and they deserved
3: yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, We, we had... John, back me up on this. I hope I'm being correct for my uh, social studies from 50 years ago. Roger Williams had to leave Massachusetts where he had come to flee religious persecution and was persecuted and had to go found Rhode Island. Is that, am, I, am I right yeah. with this? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. It's 1600 and something, and they were doing to each other. And here we are <laughs> yeah. 400 years later. We're right back around.
0: Yeah. All right. Are we ready? Yeah. yeah. Are we good? Well, no, you know what I mean? We're, we're, yeah. We are. All right. If you're, uh, you're out there in radio land and you're still listening, uh, we appreciate you. We're glad that you're here. We're glad that you're willing to hear us out. Uh, you may not agree. That's okay. But you know, this is, this is a safe space for everybody. And uh, there was no way in hell that we weren't going to address some of these things. There's, there's a lot left to go, but um, we're going to, we're going to switch gears now and uh, talk about some comics, talk about some cool stuff that's been going on for the last little while and kind of get back to our regularly scheduled program. Just make sure you hit the clutch, uh, Steve
3: got to hit the clutch.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just again, you know, if you need to talk, if you need to reach out to anyone, we're here. um, I know we don't use the Twitter that much these days, but tweet to us, email us, uh podcast at talkingcomicbooks.com, let us know what's on your mind. Um and you know, we'll uh we'll all go from there and we'll we'll all try to make a difference uh as things move forward. Okay, so the last time that I was here, I made a pretty startling confession about my about my concert life and how it might be behind me. I have another Startling confession to make. Hmm. I take it all back. I thought that was coming. <laughs> I did <too>. I lied. <laughs> I lied through my teeth. I have been to two concerts since the last time that I was, I was not here last week um, because I drove out to Toronto by my lonesome. And I saw a purity ring at the Phoenix. Now, I saw Purity Ring in like 2012 with Karen Shortle, um, and it was a so-so performance. The, the vocals were a bit off, and it kind of carried throughout the night and left a bad taste in my mouth. Um, great energy, not so hot on the performance part. I went to go and see them this past week. W- Redeemed does not even begin to cover it my god that band if you can do it safely and you have the opportunity to ever see purity ring if you want to go and see something that is just transcendental and and absolutely incredible they performed 21 songs uh throughout the course of the night crazy crazy visuals on stage there were these like pylon drums that would light up every time that they were they were tapped for you know the songs or whatever, the guy uh, with the sampler was hitting them with these like light sticks. And every time he did, they would light up. And there was a screen, like a silk screen between the lead singer, Megan, and then the uh, sampler guy, Corin, in the back. And every time that he hit those drums, stardust would shoot out of them and like create patterns uh, on this drop sheet that they had. Uh, Megan was dressed in this like, vaudevillian almost like penny wise like big fluffy white dress and at one point in the performance she grew like another like five to seven feet tall and had this big long flowing dress uh around her performing some of the music it was absolutely amazing uh i had the best time i don't usually like going to shows by myself but it was really something special so that gave me the bug and 90% of the uh, audience were masked, which I thought was very cool. Uh and then just last night, we're recording on a Monday, so Sunday night, I went out to the Velvet Underground, kind of this legendary venue in Toronto to see failure. Uh I've never been there, had no idea what to expect. I walk into that place. Place was a shoebox. Cool. Is a shoebox. Like if you've ever been to it's it's no longer open, but if you've ever been to Coney Island High, if you know how tiny that place is, this is pretty much that I've never seen this band in a place so small. It was sonic and like just rooted to the floor because the, the, the rubber in my soles was melting and fusing to the wood from, from the sound coming out of the speakers. It was so loud, like not too loud, but just loud enough to kind of devastate you a little bit. Um, they put on an incredible set. We saw a documentary about them before we uh, before they came out. Uh, I managed to get the set list, which is always a fun thing to grab from the show. Uh, and I got my I got a signed poster by all three Ooh. of the band members to hang up in my office. Um, so when I was like, ah, I'm gonna you know calm it down with the the concert going these days. You know, oh my foot health not that great and but blah, blah. no <laughs> no. No, forget about that. That, that. I don't know who that was mm-hmm. that was on this podcast two weeks ago, but that was not me.
2: Did any of us actually believe him just to be check in.
0: <laughs> no. no.
2: Okay. <laughs> no, I didn't think really. so, but I just wanted to sidebar with everyone else just to see.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. I brought my friend Brad. He'd never heard them before. So like them coming out and playing and hitting those first notes, that was his very first failure any, ever anything experience. And uh, he really, really enjoyed it. By about the fourth song, he was rocking out. It was really cool. It was nice next to time give him the gift of failure.
1: <laughs> What's that? Next time, next time Steve says he's done with something, we have to do an over-under pool and uh, put some money on it.
2: <laughs> I'll get That's it of my friends and good. I used to
1: do it at weddings. So now we have to do it with uh, Steve.
2: <laughs> That's have, so messed I up. I, I love it.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. We used to just this back at weddings in like five years, yeah. ten years. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah
2: good for you when oh, i got
0: divorced that's, the first that's not nice well, like
2: oh
1: when i got divorced them, the first Steve. time <laughs> or i guess my was I can't say the first time when i got that divorced is. i went to one of my friends and i said i go what'd you guys have on us and
0: they're like eight years and i was like damn it we only made it four and a half i didn't even make it that far man i am also okay. in that uh in that party no, it's fine. Look, everybody. Look, everybody's happy now. Everybody ended up with who they were hey, either supposed to, to or just the way that it worked out, and I think it's great. Mm-hmm. Yep, I think it's I'm awesome. But it, it makes right. it,
1: it makes going to weddings more enjoyable if you're betting on them.
2: It does.
0: <laughs> Good God,
2: <laughs> I love is problem. so sacred
0: in the Burkle House. <laughs> Well, I don't know. This is John's idea of banter. He's trying to help me out. <laughs> the, the the way you know, my wife I- gets me to go
1: to weddings now is if I'm I'm just waiting for somebody like one of the bride or groom not to make it, or I'm waiting for somebody to object. So every <gasps> oh time no. that anytime we go to a it wedding and they're great. like, "Does anybody have anything to say?" I start cocking my head around. and I'm like, "Come on, <laughs> come okay." I'm totally. Am-
0: I am imagining like the pool, like the giant piece of oak tag with the grid on yeah, it that everybody right, gets right, to choose boxes, their yeah, box. Right, yeah. yeah.
1: Yes. Oh my
5: God. John, the- <laughs> it just
0: John always always picks the the uh, objection box. You can't do it every wedding, man. <laughs> yes, I can. I made the rules. Yes,
2: I've
0: got objection.
2: Have it, now, you anyone can't influence seen an the objection? bat.
0: No. <laughs> no I was gonna
2: say does anyone ever see an objection because I would love to I think that would be great
1: <laughs> the most oh, surreal somebody- thing I ever saw was a bridesmaid fell out of her dress like she didn't tie up the top part and she yeah. was breastfeeding at the time and oh. they made an appearance and it was like Oh, <laughs> game on
2: um <laughs> I, uh, we had a, a missing bridesmaid at a wedding I was in one time. That was fun, Ooh. just showing up, and no one could get her, and we had no idea where she was, and Ooh. so we replaced her right before the wedding with somebody's girlfriend that nobody knew.
5: Oh, wow.
3: <laughs> in, in, regular, in her regular street clothes, Chris? Huh? Came up in her regular street clothes?
2: No, and just- no. Um, I think somebody ran and got her a somewhat on-theme dress. Okay. So she absolutely looked do- like the ma- maid of honor because she was the one with the special dress, yeah. and everyone was like, "Oh, you're the maid of honor," and she's like, "I have never met this bride." Oh.
1: <laughs> they do the introductions at the reception, like like mm-hmm. nobody knows who she is, yeah. straight out of Seventh Avenue. Yeah. Here's and, Mickey. Um,
2: uh, her, <laughs> this one is here too. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs>
5: the bride
2: scanning the, the audience.
1: I choose her. <laughs>
2: Yeah, she's wearing purple. Get up here. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, you come on up. I've actually been introduced incorrectly at a wedding before being a part of the wedding party. As
2: a whole other they person totally, or said your name wrong?
0: Yeah, they totally screwed up the ordering of the couples. <laughs> and so we wound up and we wound up being the couple in front of us. I don't even know how the hell it happened.
1: <laughs> I would only so be allowed we to came acknowledge-
0: out. You can only ahead, acknowledge me
1: as that name now.
0: Yeah. All no, we, long. we came out, we were like raising the flowers and like doing the you know, oh, we're at the wedding and like it's not us, but hey, we're here. Anyway, comic books.
2: Is, what is that what this podcast about?
0: Yeah, it's finally I time. we were talking wedding season. Yeah. No, everybody, I I the people we'll like another offshoot, okay? They,
2: yes, thirsty yeah. on weddings. Hey, hey, thirsty hey, on weddings.
0: Chris, <laughs> Chris,
3: our our founder Bobby Shortle, I officiated his wedding in a very oh. nerdy fashion.
2: Oh, well, you're LA. what'd you do?
3: Oh, I did a whole speech that included, I don't know, Reed and Sue's wedding and Fantastic Four references oh. and comic books galore. Though I did get interrupted by some seals.
0: Yes. <laughs> we were at, I we was were there. At, I can I can yeah, we were I can attest of, to yeah, this yeah, being true. Was screaming oh. the back, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: I love it. They gave
0: very loud kisses. Aww. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. No more interruptions. Not even comments.
5: <laughs>
0: no. Art, art. <laughs> there you go. I feel at home. Um, who- <laughs> Aaron, do you want to go first? I'm going to curse the last. Are you ready? Yeah. Uh, look, you, I was, we might as well keep the ball rolling. <laughs>
4: All right, you know what? I'll start with the. I will start with the positive, and then go into the negative. Oops. Go for it. All right. So, first book: Miles Morales, Spider-Man, thirty-eight, thirty-nine. I uh, talked to you about, uh, talked to you all about this a little bit uh, a while ago. Uh, Miles and Shift. His, I'm just going to call him his brother. They are sort of poking through the multiverse of sorts, looking for someone in particular. Uh, And they find themselves, as of the last episode, in a Brooklyn that essentially is basically gone to shit. I don't know how else to put it. But (laughs) it's gone to shit because in that epic battle between Miles and Salim, his clone, and yes, Salim is Miles spelled backwards, um, Miles didn't win. And there were consequences to that. And those consequences created this world where... People have lived a long life. Now I do they have sort of contained this, so and I have only imagined that it's because they didn't want what's happening here to affect the rest of the the world. So essentially only Brooklyn has gone to shit. Well, but hasn't it already anyway? Well, you know, <laughs> I guess it's it's by comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we find ourselves in Brooklyn, cut off from the rest of the world. We have an older Billy, Billy being Miles's baby sister, who has no idea who he is. We have Genki hanging around, and we find someone who is acting as this is as this actually has happening twenty years in the future. We have someone who is acting as Salim's Dorian Gray uh, of sorts, uh, keeping him young and in power. Um, and you know, we get to see kind of. I think this this book has served a couple of purposes. It's shown us it's continuing to help us cement miles's place in the marvel universe by basically saying this is what would happen almost like a uh uh what's that jimmy stewart movie it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful life. life yeah it's a wonderful life thank you almost like it's a wonderful life type thing um what happens if he wasn't there um and you get to see uh, and you get to see in and in, in i think issue 38 this very touching moment where Genki realizes it's Miles and it was pure emotion and pure love um, at his friend, although his friend is 20 years younger, uh, being alive uh, and and not so much from the perspective of, oh, God, you're a Spider-Man who can save us, but rather my friend is alive. And that really sort of touched me. Um, I'm seeing that the book is continuing to build out some really good relationships. I really do like this relationship between miles and shift, this brother relationship, but I swear to you, I feel like it's building me up just to pull the rug out from under me. Um, Again, I like this because it's really showing it's representing in a way that is respectful. Um, It's giving miles his own corner of the Marvel universe. It's giving miles the role of being someone who is representing people who are who don't all look like Captain America? No shade against Captain America, I'm just saying. Um, but you know what I'm saying. So that brings me to my second book. What Uh-oh. if Miles Morales, is number four, Thor? First, you <laughs> say, fuck Marvel. Okay. okay? <laughs> but I want to follow that up with a side of fuck Marvel.
0: <laughs> yeah I saw I saw some uh stuff about this book over the past week now I'm remembering what you're talking about go ahead
4: well first let me just say the Miles Morales Spider-Man 3839 Saladin Ambed, and Turn Clark sorry I forgot to mention that before this one is by Yehudi I'm sorry Yehudi Mercado Paco Medina and Luigi Zagaria did I forget to say fuck Marvel oh okay no, but you can do it again
2: <laughs> yeah I don't know if everyone in the back heard you yeah
4: because this was some car wash, let's do it again, bullshit that they put to, to, to Miles Morales. And if you know, you know. I'm sure Bob knows. I know.
3: Um,
4: I don't understand if this character is supposed to be. Let me just set it up. You know what these what if books are all about. They're what if this happened? What if that happened? A, a different version. What if Miles was Wolverine? What if Miles was Captain America? Well, this one is what if Miles was Thor, Race on Asgard with his Asgardian parents? If that's the case, Why the fuck did you draw Asgard to look like a ghetto? (gasps) Why did you put graffiti all over everything? Including the hammer. (laughs) Why the fuck is he talking like Jay-Z every every time he opens his fucking mouth? What Mm -hmm. the fuck? I do not understand what the objective of this was, other than to be offensive. And then you have him hold up his hammer and say, hammer time. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah, I forgot that.
0: Wow.
3: I really? Wow.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Was, are you trying to tell me that somebody in the editorial didn't think that this was a bad idea? You could not be serious. I'm flipping through this page by page. I'm like, fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck them. Why is he walking around in the in Asgardian ghetto and everybody is talking like they just rolled out of 106 in Park. Again, if you know, you know, um, I don't get it. I don't get it. What was the objective here? It was more offensive than story. From my perspective, it just was. If there was even a story here, it would make sense, but it really wasn't. There was no story that hadn't been told. You want to know what the story was? Loki wants Odin's throne. Loki sets up Miles to take Odin's throne. Frost giants are involved. Hmm. Sound familiar? (laughs) There was nothing here that needed to happen. Nothing here that needed to happen.
2: It sounds like so a bad closing, SNL skit, honestly.
4: Basically. So in closing, fuck Marvel. Next. <laughs> oh, boy. Those are your books, right? Those are my books.
3: <laughs> yeah, we've got and Guardian oh Air Jordans. It's just... <laughs> it is, it, it, so someone pissed. went down a checklist of things you could do wrong, and they did every single one. And now the writer apologized in a very ham-fisted way, too. Uh, you know, no one thought this is, was bad? At, at, at what at what
4: point are you saying? At what, who an editorial passed this? So I specifically talked about these two books because Saladin Ambat shows there is a way to represent where he comes from yeah. without tapping into every single stereotype. It's like these idiots sifter through TikTok for the most offensive videos and say, hey, let's make him do that. Let's make him do this. Let's make him do that cool. We're, we're woke now.
0: I remember seeing like people on Twitter talking about it and posting pages and panels from it. And, and immediately when I, the first thing I saw was Mjolnir um, all like graffitied out. I just said, Oh no.
4: Um, You can't, I don't understand. I do not understand Marvel. What were you thinking in 2022? Right, with that's right. Being right everything.
3: Exactly. A company that's prided right. itself on doing the right thing when other companies wouldn't, this is what you came with during during Pride Month.
4: I Ach- uh, it made no sense. None whatsoever. I, oh, anyway. A character who's meant so much to
3: so many people
4: in exactly. his time
3: in print, and that was Look, there's not any character you could have done this with that would have made sense. I I will, though, as a a child of the 60s and 70s, give a pass to those things from 50 years ago that were trying to swing the pendulum a little bit. And some of those things didn't work as well as they might have in retrospect. But as you say, in 2022? (laughs) Hammer time? I
4: really... (laughs) I couldn't. I just... I couldn't. I just...
3: Uh, yeah. When I read that this was happening, I had to I had to go get a look at it. And I sat in the store, alternately laughing and screaming, and people were looking at me like you're mad. I went, like, "Yeah, I'm really mad. Yeah, I'm really mad."
0: Uh, all right. Well, more more ridiculousness for this episode. Just going keep piling it yeah, on. Yeah, that's us. All right, Bob. What do you What do you oh, have for oh, me? That's oh. also ridiculous.
3: No, uh, uh, let's see. I have Elvira in Horrorland, number two, by David Avalone, Sylvia Califano, Walter Perriera, and Taylor Esposito, which takes the Mistress of the Dark from... Oh, I'm going to get in trouble for this one now. Okay. To paraphrase an old song, takes her from Motel Hotel Holiday Inn. No one gets Rapper's Delight anymore? Okay, fine. <laughs> I got it. Okay, thank you. I
0: got her. it. I got, well, got certainly,
3: it. certainly not that last one. But her that her have been Thor. Yeah, it could have been. Her journey through the horror movie verse has brought her from the Bates Motel to the Overlook Hotel from The Shining. This one's more jam-packed with in-jokes pop culture references than usual, especially when the lead actor Nick Jackelson goes really, <laughs> really off the deep end once Elvira starts changing up the plot. As I've said a lot around here, if, if you're missing Elvira on your TV, this is really the next best thing. She's sort of executive producer, throws her two cents in, and it, it, it reads in her voice. Next up, Catwoman 44 by Tini Howard, Bengal, Jordi Belair, and Tom DePolitano brings the character Red Claw into the comics from Batman the Animated Series, and she's out for Selina's hide, attacking her, and, look, look, frying the roller derby arena while she's at it. Catwoman has Harley Quinn as backup, however, so you can imagine there'll be all sorts of shenanigans before this really just it's an amazingly fun issue, concludes loving what Teeny Howard is bringing to Selena Kyle. I have a Miles book too: Miles Morales Spider-Man and Moon Girl, written by Mahali Mashigo with art by Igguara, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg, letters by Travis Lanham. Now, while routing a petty thief, Devil Dinosaur runs away from Lunella, and her efforts to find him lead her to Brooklyn Visions Academy and an encounter well encounters with both Miles Morales and then Spider-Man. Things get crazier as there are supervillains exploding clones of Devil Dinosaur before this all wraps up. Although with Unela's pal still missing, next issue will take her to space with the Avengers. <laughs> what a treat to read A New Moon Girl. I've been a fan since day one from Brandon Montclair and the Bustos, Amy Reeder. Yes. And so... This new Marvel Timo book is shaping up to be something delightful over the next few months, and I, it's next year now, but Lawrence Fishburne is executive producing a Moon Girl Devil Dinosaur television show, animated. Yes. Due next year, and I've seen the little clips they're running, and it looks really amazing. Steve, do I have any time left?
0: Yeah, of course. Okay.
3: Well, um, just because I mentioned something earlier, and Chris was in- intrigued to hear my take on Shaft. So, <laughs> oh Jesus. here we I go. That,
2: that was definitely before the podcast, but I'm glad definitely that it came before. back.
3: Here's the thing. Uh, <laughs> this week, the Criterion Collection of important American and foreign films has released Gordon Parks' Shaft as the Criterion Collection with tons of extras, restored stuff, interviews with Gordon Parks and Richard Roundtree, uh, uh, contemporary stuff with Isaac Hayes. I saw that in a theater at age 15. My dad, who had been brought up in the 1920s in Harlem, and it brought me up to think everybody was who they were. You just you, you didn't think about such things, just how the world was. We saw that in the theater. I, I knew Gordon Parks from a hole in the wall. I, I discovered afterwards, though, but what I saw was this wonderful detective movie with an African-American lead and almost completely African-American cast set in that world, but John Shaft walked all worlds. He could be anywhere. He was a hero in the grand movie sense of things. Gordon Parks was shooting, he was the first African-American photographer for Life Magazine. He was out there in the 40s shooting people in the ghetto, people with regular jobs and and cross-referencing those with Grant Wood's American Gothic and showing you working people and everything else. He, he wrote music, he wrote novels, he wrote The Learning Tree, which became a movie, and he wanted to make Shaft into something special. It, yes, it, it was the blaxploitation forerunner, so to speak, although Cotton Comes to Harlem comes just before. But what he made was a movie that, as he described it, black folks could go to a Saturday night at the movies and get entertained and see someone who looked like themselves. It's 50 years ago, and we're talking about that on our show all the time now, about the world outside the window, or as G. Will Wilson puts it, not diversity, but reality.
5: Mm.
3: And what what came afterwards, in the same way that what came after John Carpenter's Halloween, is needless repetitions of stupid slasher movies. What followed after Shaft was something different. Do yourself a favor, revisit Gordon Parks' Shaft and look at it with fresh eyes and not what it is. It was something special then. It, It affected me as a teenager changed the way I looked at the world and it is and that sounds crazy. Look at it again. Check it out. It is a fantastic movie in one of the bonus features interview, David F Walker, who did a great run of shaft comic books, wrote himself a shaft novel just a couple of years ago. He got it. I was there. I was We're. we're I, I'm slightly older than he is, but this, it's something special. And, I'm, if you're, you can get to the Criterion Channel, I'm sure they're showing it over there. You don't have to buy the $40 Blu-ray the way I did, but hmm. you you might turn around and buy it once you see it with fresh eyes. That's it for me. So, Chris,
0: thank you very much.
2: <laughs> no, thank you. You cheered me up so much. Just I wanted to hear that. So,
0: <laughs> I have never seen Shaft.
2: <gasps> what it's
3: a
0: bad oh, mother? I know. More startling confessions. Yeah. <laughs> i going to get my own HBO late night show. <laughs> uh, my own red shoe diaries. Also Ooh. got a
2: shout out that uh, Bob read both Elvira and Catwoman during pride month. So we've got some bisexual rep in here.
0: Thank you. Oh yeah. There's going to be, there's going to be more of that. Uh, Chris, have you read Elvira's autobiography?
2: I haven't yet, do but please, I I'm well do. aware of the startling revelation that brought about.
3: Or, or if you can, <laughs> I had a friend of mine, she, she, Bought the audiobook, which is told Mm. by Cassandra Peterson.
2: (gasps) Stop. So you can drive around for an hour and a
3: half and listen to Cassandra tell you about Elvira.
2: It's downloading as we speak.
0: Cool. (laughs) (laughs) That was quick. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. All right. Um so Chris, I am going to I hope you don't mind, but I'm gonna have you go last because I want you to talk about your events this these past couple of days. Okay. So you'll kind of launch us into all that other stuff. So I'm going to ask John to go now. And then I'll go and then you'll oh, go.
2: Sorry. We jumped to All gun. right. <laughs> <laughs> Got
0: it's okay. it, John. All
1: right. Uh, first off, Amazing Spider-Man number four. So this is Zeb's, Zeb Wells, uh, John Romita Jr. on art, Scott Hanna on inks. Marcio Mennez on colors, and Joe Caramunga on letters. If you're sleeping on this relaunch, you're really missing out on a, a great new Spider-Man story. Uh, it's always said Peter is at his best when he's down on his luck, and boy, is he down on his luck. Mary Jane's off with another guy. She has a couple kids now. He did something terrible six months earlier. Nobody knows what that is. Aunt May can't even make eye contact with him. He's just a mess. He's got uh, debt collectors coming after him. Uh, And amongst all of that, Tombstone has started a war with the Rose. And Spider-Man needs to stop that. But as this issue opens up, he's got a gun to his head. Um, It's a great, great book. I don't want to spoil this issue. I just, I'm not a big Junior fan, but I love him on Spider-Man I love how Wells is like tapping some of the the great themes of Spider Man, and he's really making Tombstone this Machiavellian manipulator, uh, and he is really putting Spider Man through his paces. And it's a really good reboot to this uh, to this series. Uh, a couple quick hits here: Nightwing number ninety three, Tom Taylor, Bruno Redondo. This book is still killing it. I know we get emails all the time about why aren't we talking about Nightwing because it's amazing. Uh, Dick and Babs still cleaning up Bloodhaven, both in and out of their costumes. There's great action. It's wonderful storytelling. And this issue has one Freudian slip decades in the making. And I could not stop looking at the panel for so long. I love this book. This is probably my favorite Bat book out there right now. And that's saying a lot, because there are some great Bat books out there right now. Yes. Uh, including world's finest number four. Yes. Uh, Mark Wade and Dan Mora. Batman and Superman plus their allies are still working to stop the devil Niza who is manipulating other heroes including Green Lantern, great willpower there Hal uh, <laughs> and some other villains to take over the world. Uh, it seems Batman and Superman separately aren't strong enough to win, but combined, literally combined, maybe they have a chance. Uh, this is excellent storytelling. It's a master class in superhero comics. If you're not reading it, you are missing out. Um, I also delved back into the Dark Crisis uh, corner of DC with Dark Crisis, Young Justice number one. Or sympathies. Uh, got... No, this is good. <laughs> oh, okay. good. Yeah. Uh, Megan Fitzmartin on is writer. Laura Braga on art. Uh, Luis Guerrero on colors. And Pat Brousseau on letters. So you have the original core Young Justice uh, getting together at the funeral for the Justice League. So you have Tim Drake Robin, Clone Superboy, uh, Impulse, yay, and then uh, Cassie (laughs) Wonder Girl. And each one of them feels a bit out of place at the funeral because every one of them has been replaced. You got uh, John Kent. You got Aaron's favorite Damian. Um, I love
5: Damian. <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh,
1: um, <laughs> you know, you got you got you got Wallace West, who's Wally West's, uh, um, You know that World whole thing Disney that they deal. did there, uh, and then the new uh, Amazonian or the Brazilian uh, Wonder Girl has kind of replaced Cassie, and so they're you know it's kind of like they're going to a funeral but they're not with the family they're kind of out in the audience and Robin Superboy and Impulse are just they just disappear and they find themselves on a, a 90s world it's like the original Young Justice vibe um, oh and it's a very 90s villain her name is the Mighty Endowed <laughs> and she are oh, <laughs> She has a very seductive costume, and she uses her assets to lure the boys into, um, uh, you know, little shenanigans. Uh, this has a fun, nostalgic feel to the Peter David, uh, uh, Todd Knock original Young Justice. Okay. Um, it's fun. I mean, it's not it, – it's called a call Dark Crisis book. It has really – the only thing that is linked to Dark Crisis is the funeral – uh, I don't know where it's going, but I think it's like three or four issues, and I'm on board with that. Um, and then I just the last thing i well, not the last thing because it's it was been taking me forever. Um, i I decided I, I every time I sit down here every Monday, I get taunted by my graphic novel collection of the things that I've bought and I've not read in years, and I am going up to. My family has a, a cabin in northern Minnesota, and it's probably going to be the last time we ever go up there because I think my parents are going to need to sell it soon. So I'm taking my family up. Uh, you know, I'm going to grow a beard. I'm going to get flannel. Um, <laughs> no internet for a week, so no porn, no cats, um, none of that. The kids are going to lose their mind. I told my son his switch might not work there, and he just looked at me like, "What?" And I'm like, "Yeah, buddy, we're gonna we're gonna old school it." Well, it depends on what he plays. Shh, Steve, we're getting back to our You're roots, really, buddy. We're camping, we're camping. He's nine. I can tell him things don't work and he'll believe me still. Oh wow. um,
2: gaslighting. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. College. Is that where you learned it?
1: <laughs> Chris, come on, don't turn on me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I mean, hey, who among us has a yeah. gaslight? <laughs> like their students, you know?
1: <laughs> oh, don't get me started on that one. Anyway, I decided that I'm going to reread some classic Batman. And I couldn't quite, I couldn't quite do Night Quest, the whole Nightfall, Night Quest thing. (laughs) Um, So I decided to start with the Zebra Batman. No, no, I was I was going to do, just start with No Man's Land. But then I'm like, I got, I can't start there. I started with Contagion, um, which is, it's, it's, I will be honest. It's Uh somewhat triggering today. Yeah, Um, it is. (laughs) (laughs) It's a a very good read. You got some great classic. Um, You got like Alan Grant. um, uh, I'm trying to think of the other writers on it. Uh, I think Chuck Dixon was there. Mm -hmm. You got like Graham Nolan doing detective comics. You got Jim Aparo, one of the best Batman artists of all time showing up. Um, Anyway, there is a a virus known as the clench is sent to Gotham by the order of St. Dumas, the same religious organization that broke away from the Templars year ago, years ago and gave us Azrael. Um, got Je- uh, uh, Denny O'Neill and Barry Kitson, Azrael here too, which was a great underrated series of the time. Um, but the, the virus starts killing people in Gotham There's this rich enclave of self-sufficient billionaires known as Babylon Towers, and they seal themselves in the towers, and suddenly the virus just runs rampant. Uh, Batman tries to get um, Poison Ivy to go in and find a vaccination. She instead starts telling people she can cure them with a kiss if they give her millions of dollars. (laughs) Who saw that turn coming? Uh, Catwoman sneaks in. Robin gets the virus. It's crazy. I just... At the ending of this, I just really wish that, you know, you can make a virus in a couple of days or a vaccine in a couple of days. And everybody was willing to take it. No questions <laughs> asked. Um, then I read Legacy, which is Bane Raz al Ghul searching for the origin of the clench uh, because Raz wants to use it as his ultimate goal of killing 90 percent of, of the world to make a better world. <laughs> Um, and then all of that—that's a fun little get together. You got—it's uh, basically Batman, Robin, and Nightwing. And Nightwing, I will say, has the most—I forgot—he had the most ridiculous ponytail. This thing is so long; it's like—I um, yeah. can't think of her name. Uh, what's the Artemis? Uh, oh, the sing- no—the singer in the in the seventies who had the really long hair. Crystal share. Crystal, Crystal Gayle. Thank you, Aaron. It's so if like if he ever took this thing down like it would like it's like <laughs> back of his knees, um, yes. it's so crazy. But I love I love the dynamic of Tim, Dick, and Bruce. Uh, mm-hmm. That you know that 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 father figure, the older brother, the younger brother. This is when Tim was you know proving himself to be the best of the Robins. Yes. Um, And, and and it's just fun. It's just a fun story. And then I got to cataclysm where you have a 7.5 Richter scale earthquake hit Gotham destroys it. I mean, this is like the carnage of, of Gotham. Um, It's just crazy. And the bat family becomes rescue workers Uh, the law starts to devolve the, the social norms continue to, to break, um, Batman is all over the place, saving people, Robin, Nightwing, Catwoman even takes a hero turn here. This is back when, um, uh, I know we'll talk about her later, maybe not in such a positive light, but Devin Grayson was writing Catwoman and Robin. Um, and and I really liked her voice back then uh it's just it's it's really, really good i I forgot the hell Gotham went through for like a four year span. um my plan is over the week I'm up there. I'm gonna take the road to no man land. I'm gonna take no man's land and I'm gonna try to get through Bat- Bruce Wayne Fugitive by the end of July is my is my <laughs> plan. so but I'm having the time of my life going yeah. back to this period of Batman. We have great Batman stuff coming out now, but there's some really good stuff in the past. And I, I forgot, in No Man's Land, Greg Rucka comes on. Uh yes. Ed Brubaker's in there. There's some of these these like high caliber writers. That's where they got their start. Denny O'Neill brought them in and did this. So I'm I'm really excited. I have all my my books packed. It's like I'm I'm like a Fifteen-year-old kid again when I used to haul my comics around with me on summer (laughs) vacation. So I am—I'm going to have a time of my life up there, just reading and and doing other, you know, other northern Minnesota
0: things. So (laughs) I'm done. Is this all still a part of the summer of John? Does it continue? It is the
1: summer of John. It continues. (laughs) We are—we are on week four.
0: Wow. Just all right, it. well, live it up. So Chris,
3: do you want to jump yep. in? or? uh no. Sure.
2: Sure. Uh, well, f- I have not been reading Dark Crisis, but I want to for one reason and one reason only. I love that during Pride Month, they're killing off all the straight heroes and replacing them with the gay ones.
1: <laughs> Damn right.
2: <laughs> yeah. Superman's dead. John Kitt's in there. Do it. Tim Drake's in there. Let's get it. <laughs> Make it gay. Kill the straight people. Sorry, not just in this context, yeah, to nope, be clear. Nope.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But i going to alienate every now, now we have a list of
2: things to alienate. God. I mean, just me specifically. And I'm fine with it anyway. I'm, on, so, I'm with your list. Okay. So John and I are fine with it. We're still, we're still joined after uh, the hip after the last episode I was on. Yes. So <laughs> we've been talking about cults since then. So.
3: Yes. Uh, and but, parties uh, as I recall. So that'd be perfect. And par-
2: yes. Yeah. Cult parties. Fun. Um, mm. Yeah, so Contagion, Legacy, and Cataclysm were some of the first Batman stories I ever read. Yeah. Um, so, oh right, what a deep end I jumped into! I went literally Batman Eternal, and then went back to these ones, and that was what my started you- with. Yeah, I did. (laughs) I really, at that time, I was like, I just uh, was in undergrad. I had no money. I know much has changed, Mm -hmm. obviously, in my life. I'm in grad school and I have no money now. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) I just was getting what Batman I could out of the library. And they had, you know, these three and they had Mm -hmm. Batman Eternal. So I grabbed anything that had a one on it, um, which was confusing.
1: (laughs) In case you're wondering. (laughs)
2: But I just remember reading *Contagion* and being like, "This is so stupid," and I love it. Like this, yeah. what is happening? Right? Like it's not well plotted in any way. No, but good it, grief! Yeah. Is it fun? Yeah, it's
1: like <laughs> it's like, like, a, it's like, like the, an old, it's like a natural yeah. disaster movie.
2: Yeah. Yes, it's like *Day After Tomorrow*, but Batman's in it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. it really is like the writers went, how many bad things can Gotham go through before it ceases to be a city? We'll go right up to that <laughs> line. <laughs> and, and I loved it. I was here. I mean, this yeah. is where I learned to fall in love with Tim Drake, right? This poor, poor mm-hmm. child that's getting uh, um, so violently attacked at all corners. It's like I'm reading fanfic again, honestly. Um, so I loved it.
1: And every other page he tells you, I got to tell my dad I'm Robin. I got to tell my dad I'm Robin. He
2: I don't know if he it ever was, does. It was very confusing for me because I just read Batman Eternal and I'm like, aren't his parents dead? Then I learned that canon doesn't exist. Um, mm. <laughs> Tim Drake's parents are in a liminal state of either dead or not dead based on what writer is writing him at any time.
1: Wow. Right. <laughs> well, they true. got killed in. He's um, Schrodinger's uh, cat, only with. Has, parents. His
2: parents are Schrodinger's parents. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. They can't decide. Well, they got
1: they, they got killed by the Adams' wife in that um uh-huh. crisis. The and like yeah, like his dad got and burned they, to death,
2: it, oh. and his dad got yeah. killed by Boomerang at one point. Boomerang Man yes. at one point. Yes. Remember when they decided Boomerang yes. Man was going to be a serial killer instead of a silly villain? <laughs>
5: yes.
1: <laughs>
2: And then sometimes they're that. in witness protection, and sometimes they're not. In Batman uh, and Robin Eternal, which is supposedly the sequel, oh to my the one god, I forgot in, that. Do you remember this? In Batman and Robin Eternal, they're in witness protection, and he's never even told Dick Grayson that his parents are alive. It's yeah, so He insane. just rolls
1: up in a motorcycle and goes through like some like hologram. Yeah, and he's, yeah,
2: convinced, and he's there, there. yes, and he's convinced that Tim clearly is like some kind of secret agent, like. Plant because why else would he have like fake parrots? <laughs> so, oh, God, I love Batman. I,
1: that. I love it. Oh, God, it's I love my it. my
2: favorite. I could talk about the non existent canon in Batman for the rest of my life. Don't even get me started on how their ages change all the time.
0: Oh yeah! Oh, yeah. we'd be here. We'd be here all the rest of the week.
2: What, there is a, mm. on Gotham Outsiders, we have a very simple rule, and it is the the law of the Wayne family ages, which is every all the time they are slowly getting closer to all being Bruce Wayne's age.
1: That makes
2: yeah. sense. <laughs> so he is a
1: multi-billionaire.
2: Yeah, he, when is, did he is rich. And-
1: he could do this.
2: Yeah, he's not yeah. aging, but they are, but not at an equal rate. Because when did Jason and Dick become only two years apart? How is Tim sometimes a teenager and sometimes an adult? Don't worry about it. Who who even well, knows how old Damien is now? Nobody.
3: With so <laughs> many sidekicks in such a short period of time, he'd be brought up with CPS instantly. I mean, please, he lost <laughs> think, way too many. No,
2: but I don't think, be. They you're, don't, to don't know. do not they something he's, about that? He is a, a rich he's yeah. a rich white man. There's no So no we can
3: always have justice and look we, that was proved by Michael Jackson. Um sorry. No, I thought wow. <laughs> oh wow. Oh here, wow here, here's, here's, here's the thing. If if all these things are compressed into this little bit of time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how how do you figure out how all these adventures happened in all this yeah. where do you know where do you manage all this?
1: You
5: well,
2: know what in the, the problem is? In the is? time
3: period we're talking... Oh. Go okay, ahead,
1: Chris. Okay. Go Here's what
2: the, the problem is. It's that comics are ageist. Let Bruce Wayne yeah. be older. Just yeah. let him be older. Stop trying to make him 24. What the hell? He Why? has four Ooh. children.
4: Ooh. Ooh. You, you know what I just, no, just thought we Didn't all... they do something a couple of years ago yeah. when he was whatever that that story. I think it might have been the end of the Snyder story and whatever. Yeah, where was they clone the him. Joker, yes, you know when the <laughs> Joker was there. Then he like something had happened. He had died. Yes, uh, Bruce had yeah. died. It might have been around the time that uh, what's his face took over as Batman. Um, Gordon took over Batman, but I remember oh, we're coming yeah. back and they're yeah. trying when to Gordon explain. Was in this too-
5: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, they were yeah, trying the to explain the ears. <laughs> why his?
4: They were trying to explain why he seemed super healthy. He seemed to be in the There was it had something to do with the Dionysus or something like that. Okay. So he, yeah, he had been exposed to it, and it basically returned. I remember the line. It basically returned him to his ultimate physical peak.
3: Yeah, it's like thirty year oh, old. Right like Fury. Again?
2: I think well, it's it, fun to see him like. An, like an old dad. Like it would oh, be entertaining. Yeah. yeah.
4: Well, kind of like beyond. um so man did man did beyond, yeah. Saying, yeah. beyond this, yeah. yeah. Exactly. i love
2: Batman
1: Yeah. It felt like back in this contagion and legacy that he was like late 30s, Dick was early twenties, and Tim yeah. was like mid teens. Yes. Like it it Perfect. felt like yeah. he was more of an established yes. older Batman. I the I, of all those things you just talked about, mm-hmm. the biggest conundrum I ever had was how physically fit James Gordon got to be when he climbed <laughs> into that. Because I smoke cigars rolls, for the last 15 years, chain smoker. <laughs> and now you're cut. Your hair is orange again, and you are uh, yeah. just out there kicking ass and taking names. <laughs>
5: That's true. Yes, that I made just no remember sense. That-
2: it was a panel, I can't remember if this was, this might have even been in Rebirth, but there was a panel that broke Batman uh, Twitter for a while, where it was like, it established that Bruce Wayne is now only 10 years older than Dick, and everyone was like, he was how old when he adopted him? <laughs> 17. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Actually a 17-year-old we- dad. <laughs>
1: Dick was eight when he was adopted. Right. Ooh, that makes him 18. 18.
2: Right. Yeah, they're going
1: to ask. That, that's, that's, that's still when world. he's out in the world becoming. It doesn't work. Yeah,
2: it doesn't make any sense. so funny. I can't even. Remember New 52 be, you
1: know, when they yeah. wanted to reboot everything, and yeah, but they yeah. didn't want to give up their canon, so it's like, everybody's new, they've only been superheroes for five years, exactly. but Batman yeah. has four
4: Robins.
3: <laughs> That's <laughs> what I'm saying! Child it. Protective He's, Services would be right one
2: there. One a year. Yep, one yeah. a year.
4: Got Didn't they yank Tim Drake out of that and call him Red Robin? And yes! They, yes. yes. Red yes.
2: Red Robin. yes. That's, Tim yeah. Drake is the worst as far as, uh, is it canon or isn't it canon? Because no one can ever remember what is still canon after all the events that have happened with him so sometimes he was robin recently like the in the pride story that he fucking talks about being a wayne child like he was adopted yeah. and everyone was like wait yeah. aren't your parents alive why are you adopted
3: he became you- red robin he became remember when he became oh, drake, drake do you remember Bendis? when he became oh, God, the rapper was drake <laughs> was he was yes, he drake yes. before the singer drake that's my question
2: Wow. No, he was still he it was four like at the years raptors. Games. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> it was <laughs> it was very it was very recent.
3: Now I oh, I might have, have, <laughs> have a solution to this. It just came yeah. upon me. Now they talk about the sliding time scales in these books mm-hmm. and whatever. Now a dog ages, they say seven years for each year, <laughs> but that's only for the first ten years. Then it slows to five. Maybe that's what DC's doing. And that's how they all start to catch up with each other. They Maybe. reach the peak and it all starts to compress near the end. Amazing. So it's bat time, bat years. Bat
2: time, bat, bat years. years. Yeah, it's how old they are at bat years. We yes. solved it.
3: Same exactly. bat time,
1: same bat years. Exactly.
2: I like, the Le- I like the Lego Batman solution. It's all canon. It all happened. Every single movie, every single comic, all of it happened.
1: Yes. There you go. Grant Morrison, lives. Marvel's nine years theory: everything in the Marvel universe has happened over nine years. Oh my god, that's a shit ton of things going the on. The world
2: is quaking.
3: Peter Parker has been in high school for nine years. That's bad.
2: I know he really needs to get a tutor. <laughs> <laughs> just, just saying.
1: <laughs> Top five smartest people in the world. My ass. Yeah, a Graduate
3: right. high school. He
0: can't. He cannot get out.
3: <laughs> By the way, John, I loved world's
0: finest number four. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had stuff to say about Nightwing, but whatever. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm sorry. I saw Batman on there, and I was like, "It's my time."
3: <laughs> yes,
0: it is. Go ahead, Bob.
3: No, we just, to just saying, John. It is a complete, perfect example of. And not in a pejorative way, just old time storytelling. Yep. Mark Wade manages to bring in things from the past. In this case, the composite Batman Superman. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. From a couple of goofy issues of World's Finest from sixty years ago, but makes it all work in a modern context. I'm just loving everything he's doing so far. I don't know how long this is in for, but I'm in as long as it stays stays around. It was very
4: yep. Captain Planet. It was. Them yeah. joining. I really was. I enjoyed it. I really did like it. I've, I've been enjoying it. Um, I do really wish they would go back to the, what happened between Robin and Supergirl because that kind of- Yeah, that out. was fun. <laughs> oh, they'll figure but it out. I'm, I'm curious to know. But that, that was interesting. That was, I, I, once again, it's one of those things that's off to the side that, mm-hmm. you know, just doing its thing and doing it really well. I would love to see some more, you know, some JSA pop up in there. But, you know, yes. I don't know. we'll see. Mm-hmm. Steve. Oh, yeah. By the way. What do you think of Young <laughs> Justice, oh, yeah. Aaron? I was just about to say, by the way, I read Young Justice. Oh. Uh, and what cracked me up was their strategic use of smoke. <laughs> um,
5: for the mighty for the endowed? Endow.
4: <laughs> yes because it always seemed like whatever dust up or smoke just happened to be over <laughs> the nippular area. <laughs> um, <laughs> with, on every panel. And I'm like, oh, what did you say? You don't want to get boobmatized or something like that? And I'm like, oh, yes. I'm like, oh, okay. Un- <laughs> it was very
1: nineties. It was very nineties.
2: The unseen <laughs> character was her super powered assistant that controls the mist.
4: It really seriously, and they're just like, was she always this intense? I just thought it was funny. I just, I don't yeah. know. It was, it was funny. Um, the only gripe I have, it's not a gripe really, and I think it's probably as I was reading, I think it's going to end up becoming a plot point. No one really seemed to care that any of them were missing.
1: Yeah, exactly.
4: They've all like, been replaced. Like literally. I mean, yeah, I get that. Yeah, exactly. That was the point. But literally, when someone like disappears like plot pops out of existence like out of thin air you kind of think somebody would would care but they all found a way every everyone that cassie went to they all found a way to explain it away um yeah. and i also didn't like a, a sulking cassie but otherwise i thought it was a, a, oh. a it was a fun episode i didn't like cassie sulking but yeah i got I get it that. i got it though um But yeah, it it was, it was, it was. Yeah, I, I, I didn't, it didn't click for me at first what was happening. But then when I did sort of sift through, I'm like, oh yeah, there's a Superboy. There's a gazillion speedsters. There's, you know, there's who knows how many Wonder Girls out there now. At this point, I've lost track. Um, I don't know. So, yeah, it's interesting. but uh, And I still, I'll be honest with you, I still to this day, speaking of Wonder Girl, I don't know what happened to the new 52 Wonder Girl. Is this supposed to be her now? Because I don't. Cause I think so. Yeah, that's her. No, yeah, it's her. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. The new 52 Wonder Girl. I know it was Cassie, mm-hmm. but I've always wanted to figure out if they were ever going to come back to explain why. Because remember, the new 52 Wonder Girl got her powers differently. This Wonder Girl is the granddaughter of Zeus.
5: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right,
4: The new fifty-two. Stole, yeah, yeah. The new fifty-two Wonder Girl was her powers were from a stolen armor that was invisible and put her in constant excruciating pain. Oh, that's right.
1: Well, Kleda didn't. Read it was guy by Ares, wasn't it?
4: Exactly. It was like she found it. It was trapped. She's trapped inside of it. You can't see it, but it's right. what gives her her power. But she's in pain the whole time she's wearing it. Well, stick with the I always John Burnley.
1: Yeah, Cassie was John Byrne, and yeah. she stole all this stuff from Wonder Woman, and then she later found out she was the granddaughter of Zeus or something like that. Wasn't that it, Bob? Yeah, absolutely right.
4: And then yep. he gave her the power, but gave her mother the, opportunity, the ability to deactivate it if she wanted to, or something like yes. that. Yes. Oh, gee.
3: <laughs> Mom with control <laughs> Thanks, over Do You can't go outside today because I need Mom. to
2: turn... <laughs> Don't love it. Mom, oh, I have
3: to save the world. Oh. Do your
1: calculus. Woof.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. hmm. uh, Nightwing, Steve. Give it to me.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> I did spend a lot of time at the circus and hanging out with the contortionists. So uh, here we go. <laughs> um no, I just wanted to say two things about no I'll say three things about Nightwing. One, it's a really good book. Mm -hmm. News news at 11. Um, (laughs) I, minor spoilers for the book. There is a moment where Heartless is talking to Blockbuster the and fact. they're trying to negotiate and Blockbuster just picks up a desk <laughs> and Heartless <laughs> turns around. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> and he throws the desk at him and like from however many stories up, it just goes sailing out of the building. It is such a beautiful page, such a beautiful shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I that moment was real good for me. The other moments that were really good for me. I'm really enjoying uh Dick and Barbara together. Oh, it's great. As as a as a couple, I find them to be so charming and I love the incorporation of the dog. Yeah. The the moments with the dog when Barbara and the dog are Allie. sitting, pardon me, I don't remember the dog's name. Is it Haley? Haley. Haley after Haley Circus. Um the her using the dog's paw to like initiate the command on the keyboard was so good. It was so good. It was so pure. It made me smile in these dark times. And so I just want to raise my glass to it a little bit. Uh, Nightwing has just been such an incredible book since it started. And it's, it's wild to think of how consistent it has been uh, over the months that it's been coming out. And I just, I love the characterizations of the people that are in this book um I'm still very much invested in the story after all this time, even after taking a break uh from it for the um was it fear, fear state something? Fears was fear state? fear state. That's it. Yeah. Um yeah, and it's just mm-hmm. I needed I needed to feel good and I went to Nightwing and it it had my back. It was there. Yeah. And I just want to say that I appreciate that. And that Nightwing is a fantastic, fantastic series.
2: 1,000%. It's so good. I love so much about it, especially Tom Taylor's writing. And I'm very happy for people who actually like Barbara and Dick. Good for you. Yes. (laughs) It's not me, but I'm happy they're happy. (laughs)
0: Yes, we are. Yes, in my in my defense, I
2: don't hate it. No, no, no. Like,
0: I love them, we've, But we've talked about this before of mm-hmm. how inexperienced I am with the Robins. I've not seen oh, them yeah. in relationships outside of this one.
2: No. I, no Chris they're, wants you don't uh, to Nightwing it. randomly
0: hooking up with Huntress again.
2: No. Chris <laughs> is a hardcore <laughs> ride or die for Nightwing Starfire all my life oh okay thank you
3: no problem with that no problem with that thank you
2: if he can't hook up with men that is good yeah (laughs) obviously (laughs) or both or both okay yes Hmm. how about this
0: (laughs) when 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 you get settled Hmm. back from your trip and you have if you have any free time ever yes um, I would love to talk to you on the side about, uh, some like Robin homework or some <gasps> relationship related. I'd be willing to go down that rabbit hole for oh a few stories to check it out.
2: Steve, what have you well, done? How, how many, how many,
3: years I have unlocked the, the box. Titans does he have to leave Chris?
2: <gasps> oh my God. I'm, I'm shaking with excitement.
1: <laughs> Chris, we'll, we'll start a list we'll... off fine.
2: Yes. Oh yes, yeah. John, let's jump back in our chat.
0: Yes. <laughs> Do you guys really have a chat? We really have a chat. Yes. That's, that's so amazing. I love Your that Your wife's so in much. it, too.
2: Yeah, she's in it, too. Sorry. Just, <laughs> that's not <right> you, Steve.
0: <laughs> Everyone else is in it but you, apparently. Wow. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. There's uh, there's all kinds of conversations happening. Yeah. It's great.
2: That's You made that sound so ominous, and I don't know why.
0: <laughs> uh, maybe it was uh, on purpose. Oh. We'll never know. Steve's um, but Victoria. what I- I love it.
2: Yeah. Oh, can we yeah. make a PowerPoint, John? Will you make a PowerPoint? Yes. Me? <laughs> oh my God, make yes. like a PowerPoint. <laughs>
0: yeah. And
2: we'll
3: present we can put it, it online
0: for us. Present it over Zoom. Present it.
3: It could be a special oh, no. Patreon episode.
2: We <laughs> oh. each have our own te- scripts, right? You got the teachers <laughs> together on this project, and this is a mistake.
1: <laughs> oh. Nobody makes a better PowerPoint than teachers. <laughs>
2: I pie know. charts
0: and line
3: oh graphs my God. galore. Yes,
2: we'll get a rubric as well. We're, we got this. He's mm. going to learn about Robins.
3: Get a Venn diagram <laughs> yep. together of which ones mm. meet in the middle. What's the sweet
2: spot? <laughs> it's a Venn diagram the of their ages. Uh, okay. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense when you look at
0: it. <laughs> uh, What is that? What is that hum song? Why? Oh, was it why I like Robins or something yeah. like that? I'll have, to, I'll have to look it up.
5: Aww. Um, Aww. Damn it.
0: Now I want to know. All right. Um. So <laughs> i'll do my lightning round i guess <laughs> um like i said i haven't had a whole lot of time on my hands so i'm just gonna go through uh, a couple of things real quick uh i did sit down and read batgirls one through seven Ooh, yes and i just want to put it out there that i really enjoyed it i particularly enjoyed a lot of the artwork yes. there were several uh points in that story where I was really kind of blown away by what was happening on the page. I particularly love as, as tragic as it is, um, Stephanie being tasered from dude face. That was, uh, I guess the tutor Mm -hmm. was his name. Those pages with all of that electricity going around and all of the like Hyper expressions mm-hmm. on their faces, mm-hmm. and like the gritted teeth and the the strained eyes and everything, mm-hmm. those and like coupled with like the horror of the character itself, like mm-hmm. it was really intense, and I was really really into. It. I mean, I was into it the whole way. Really enjoyed the journey with Bondo. That oh. was a lot of fun. Yeah.
5: Um.
0: It's. I I'm really enjoying the series. I would love for more of the city to become a part of the story. I think where they're living is really cool. And there's like yeah. there's a lot of potential there. Like there are a couple of characters that are hanging out in the wings for for right now. Um, the bookstore owner, mm.
5: for yes. example, yeah.
0: I think would I would love to see him come into the picture a little bit more and I have a feeling that he might. Mm-hmm. Um, here's a qu here's a Batgirl question yes. for you. Dark. At what po- <laughs> <laughs> at what point did they make Cassie's, uh, her cowl, a frown with like the X frown oh, uh, that she has? At
2: various that goes points. Back to, yeah, yeah that's old
0: school. That goes back it to is. the original okay. Batgirl when she pierced it together during No Man's mm-hmm. Land.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep.
3: Yeah, that is right. Yes, John.
2: Yeah.
0: I love that so much just as a design choice yeah. for her. It it mm-hmm. so fits in with her personality, and it looks badass. Yeah, especially when yeah. she's like leaping in. Some of the um, some of the kicks to the face throughout what? this series were really satisfying as well. There's something in the way that the art kind of like elongates the body in those moments, mixed with all like the really vibrant colors. Uh, it's just a book that it feels very alive when you're reading it. And I, I, I like books that engage me that way. And um, I had only read the first two issues uh, and then and then fell away from it for whatever reason, but came back to it this past week, read it, loved it, totally on board, waiting for the next issue, all of that stuff. Um, very, very, very fun.
3: Let me just jump in. I'm Let's just going to say, yeah. I get what you're saying about having more Gotham, but you know what? There are enough books in regular Gotham. Let's stay on the outskirts. Let's do I, some fun stuff on I, the outsides and not drag us into all the rest of it. We have just I don't, enough right
0: now. I don't want Gotham like wholesale. I don't. I don't want the Gotham that we know. I kind. I kind of just want their neighborhood. Yeah, like local fair. stuff, like more mm-hmm. people on the streets, that kind of thing. Like just their neighbors, not not all the all the the wacky crap that leaks into there. But <laughs> I don't know. I. I I just, I'm really liking the, the characterizations and I'm yes. really liking the, just where they are. And I, I want to see more of it is, is basically what I'm saying. Um, it's a, it's, it's, even though it is Gotham, like it just, it feels like a new environment and I want to explore it a little bit. Like after spending so much time in Gotham, it would be nice to see different interpretation, different part, different neighborhood kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So it's kind of like when when Bruce Wayne moved into his new place, his bachelor pad or whatever, (laughs) after he lost all his money. I was interested in that because I had never seen Bruce Wayne not go home to Wayne Manor, you know, like him going to a whatever high rise apartment or whatever the hell it was that he had. It was at least to me was like fresh and interesting. Mm
5: -hmm.
0: So anyway, uh, next on my list Uh, I'm going to talk about I hate this place again. Joey and I raved about this uh, with the first issue that came out, uh, I guess, last month. It feels like longer than that, though. But um, written by Kyle Starks, art by Artyom Toplin, and colors by Lee Lowridge, and letters by Pat Rousseau. So if you remember, this is the story about Trudy and Gabby, and they've inherited a house And this house turns out to be not quite haunted, but just inundated with all kinds of like demonic, alien-related shenanigans. And their whole thing is people that came before us survived here for 50 years. If we can do this for a year and sell the place, it'll be worth it. Can we get that done? And so they're together, they're a couple, and they're trying to navigate this. And so one of the highlights of the first issue was just how quickly everything started and how, like how how quickly the book hits the gas and just keeps going. Issue number two is just more of that. It keeps ramping up, up, up. And now we're involving other people in this mystery. Nobody, nobody's really listening to like the key. Rules? It's like it's like ignoring the rules of the Mogwai and ending up with a bunch of gremlins. <laughs> oh. You know, you you're not supposed to be around. We told you to leave before nightfall. We come back to the house. Why are you all still here? And immediately because no one listened, it all begins again, and new people get caught up in the madness. And it is just It's really cool to see kind of characters come and go. We got a little bit of backstory for one of our more uh, mysterious and nefarious characters. We definitely get more of the gore that uh, Joey was talking about in that first issue. But my point being is I love seeing these characters challenged by the situation that they've set for themselves. And every time that they reach out for help, it kind of backfires that if you leave the house does, does the haunting and does the bad times, do they follow you and spoilers? The answer is yes. (laughs) And so I really like the creeping madness of the story. And I'm wondering like, how long is this? How long can these characters endure? And as much as I am a fan of the supernatural and as much as I love the idea of coming into contact with like real deal paranormal, I, it makes me wonder like how long would I be able to last in a, in a real situation that was ongoing? Because it's one thing to think that you've had a solitary experience and then it's so many years ago that it starts to fade from you and it's whatever. But if you were living in it and it was happening all the time, Like, what would that do to you? So, anyway, I just think it's really cool. I like seeing this couple trying to tackle this situation uh, with each other. Uh, So that is I Hate This Place, number two. Continues to be awesome. I highly recommend it if you haven't checked it out uh, yet. Another thing that I read, I don't even know how this happened. I read Crush and Lobo, uh, one through eight, uh, I guess so far the whole series, uh, written by Mariko Tamaki. With art by uh, Amon K. Nahopan, and uh, colors by Tamara Bonvillan, and Nick Falardi, with letters by Ariana Mar. So, I am known to not be a fan of Lobo, and I don't know if I am after this or not. He doesn't exactly endure himself to you in this you you kind of see what kind of father he is and he turns out to be a real crumb about everything and um you kind of grew to hate him even more (laughs) after reading this but but he was entertaining but the star the absolute star of this series of course is crush and so the story yeah the story comes out with crush, uh, kind of falling on some hard times with her girlfriend. They're, you know, from two different sides of the tracks. Uh, one is trying; the other doesn't really know what's involved with with having someone else depend on you and need you and want you. And crush is, you know, having some hard time adjusting to being a girlfriend and being in a relationship with someone and just keeps messing it up for, for herself and and for her partner. And she basically ends up getting somewhat dumped and is in a slump when she gets contacted by Lobo, who is in this space prison for really (laughs) terrible people. And he's been going to therapy and he wants to reconnect. And so crush figures, why not? I'll give the old man a chance. I don't have anything else going on. I need to clear my head. Maybe if I go on this space uh, vacation, space sabbatical, things will work themselves out. Uh, this is pretty early on in the story, so I will spoil this aspect. But pretty much Crush gets to the prison and there is some like DNA marker related shenanigans Oof. that Lobo pulls and basically winds up switching places with Crush. So she ends up going to prison while he walks out of there and just starts his mayhem across the the galaxy all over again. And the prison then hires Crush to go. She has 50 hours to find her father and bring him back Mm. to the prison. And so it becomes this manhunt for Lobo, between father and daughter and this complicated relationship between the two of them. And the, the biggest thing that emerged for me from this that I did not expect and ended up really, really loving, and this is going to sound a little weird, but like how tragic of a character Crush is when you break it down, there is a lot of good character work going into this from Mariko Tamaki. The art is absolutely spectacular. Uh, It is very fun. It is very um, weird. Like there are all these space creatures and aliens and lizards and everything around and, There's this like Krang, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Krang looking alien that Crush keeps bumping into now and again. That's a coffeeologist and it's highly entertaining for them to bump into one another every now and again, every few issues. And just going through this adventure with Crush and seeing how in her head she is about her relationship to her partner, to her father, to the rest of the world being being the last of of her kind. Her and Lobo are the only two. Um, oh, what the hell are they called?
2: Something Cesarians.
0: Cesarians, is that it? Yeah. Yeah. So they're the only two left. And so that carries its own weight. And I just I didn't expect this this amount of emotional depth yeah. in this very almost Deadpool-like character. Who is you know just offing aliens left and right with lots of colorful uh, blood types flying around and really goofy um, kind of like slapstick stuff happening throughout the adventure? Lobo running around in a bathrobe that falls at one point, point. and so you want to talk about strategic uh, art o- under some uh, over some bits there's an ice cream cone. It was a very strategically placed ice cream cone at one point in this issue that just had me rolling. It was so funny. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. I really liked the conclusion. I do hope that it continues. Like I don't need closure for some of the threads that were left open. One of them was definitely left open on purpose. And it was the type of thing that I was like, you know what? That really works like for me, that really works. I don't need closure for this. And I like that you're leaving it open-ended because not all things get wrapped up with a bow, not everything works out. And sometimes things are left to mystery and people can't make up their minds about how they feel about each other and so on and so forth. And it was just, it was a cool way to leave that character that if they don't pick it up again, it will still be amazing but if they do pick it up again, I'm really excited to actually collect it from the get-go and go monthly with it for however long it lasts. Because it was really impressive. Um I did not expect for it to hit me as hard as it did. Um and again, I still don't know if I like Lobo or not. Although I will give Mariko Tamaki especially credit, but he did not he did not refer to himself as the main man no. once throughout the entire series. I have never been more grateful because I gotta be honest. On the list of things that I don't care for about that character, that is at the friggin' top. Him always saying that drives me nuts. Anyway, um, that's me. (laughs) Do I have any? Do I have anything else? I think I had um, Newburn. Oh, I'm just I'm I've I started. I'll just say I started reading. um, Tilly Walden came out with a new book. It's book one. um, It's called Clementine. And it is a zombie apocalypse story, and it's Tilly Walden, who is just an incredible, incredible creator, doing a like a zombie story of like YA survivalists in this in this wild zombie apocalypse, and learning how to depend on one another and open up and and try to survive. Uh, with each other and I'm only like maybe 67 pages into it Uh, but so far it's absolutely wonderful and it's all done in black and white it's got this kind of um, Walking Dead vibe to it but I really like the world that she's created so far the characters are wonderful and it is uh, it is gruesome and really like Really establishes its main character very, very quickly. Uh, you get a really great sense of who Clementine is even by the end of the first chapter. Um, with her, she um, is an amputee. One of her, one of her feet uh, is missing, and and basically she ends up in a position where she needs help uh, with repairs, and ends up meeting people in this town that then come into the story. Of this journey that she's taking um, across the land to wherever it is that she's going, and it's um, it's really cool. It's really cool. I'm excited. I'm I'm excited specifically because it's Tilly Walden Mm. writing in this arena, and I think this is a multi book uh, effort that she's putting forth. And I'm just I'm all about it. I'm going to keep going with it. I specifically ran out to the bookstore to buy a physical copy of it um, to add to our collection uh, downstairs. Mm So huge fan of uh, of Tilly Walden for years. Uh, so that was Clementine, book one. Uh, I Hate This Place, number two. Uh, Crush and Lobo, one through eight, uh, which is all collected now, which is how I bought it. And um, Batgirls, one through seven. So.
3: I pick up Clementine on free comic book day and love the first chapter. So glad to hear it. it's awesome all the way through. So that's on my list, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, like I said, I'm like, I'm, I'm like maybe three chapters plus into it. It is, it is great. Um, it's very, very atmospheric, even though it is definitely in a zombie ridden apocalypse land. Um, the towns that it's kind of like one of those like weird out of time stories. I like that. That Just- because of the people that she, she meets and collects, you don't really know when you are. Perfect. Which I love that makes it timeless. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, it's neat. It's cool. It's, um, like, there are people from different backgrounds in this story that I've never seen Ooh. these people in a zombie apocalypse story before. The, as, um, I don't want to name any, any names because I'm not entirely sure. Hmm. Um, but just take my word Justin for it. Justin Bieber. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why
2: that came to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I got it. Hmm? Go ahead. I got to say, Batgirls, I'm so glad you're loving it as much as I am because it's so good. Uh, You remember how Batman stories could be fun? Because this comic remembers that Batman stories could be fun. (laughs) It brings me... I love it. This one and the the Robins run that has all the boys and Stephanie are really... They're so fun. I was just like, ah, lightness. I've started calling this genre, like, cozy comics because... That's what it feels <laughs> like. <laughs> like there's cozy mysteries. These are cozy comics, and I need more of them.
0: Is Robin still going?
2: Uh, no, it was, was. it a limited? Six
0: are done. It's, it yeah, was just yeah, six, yeah. I, think.
2: I haven't picked up the last. There might be yet, but more. Yes, done.
0: All right, I'll have to. I'll have to hit that next cute. after doing it's my. It's not uh,
2: as cute as Batgirls, but it is very cute.
0: Say, I was a, well, we with, all know.
2: What, go, go, go ahead. ahead Bob. Steve.
0: I was just gonna say we all know that the cutest Batman comic is Wayne Family Adventures.
2: Oh, oh yeah. Well duh, but that's not fair to compare everything to Wayne Family Adventures. They're always gonna lose.
3: Okay, but if we go back a little <laughs> bit, I was just gonna say when Mark Doyle did his whole DCU sort of thing in, in the in the bat corner, where we had Gotham Academy and the Bat Girl of yes! Burnslide. I yes! love those books.
2: Me too. See, those are also cozy comics. Mm-hmm. I, I totally love. I want more of this. Well, there was do, they were doing that at Marvel too at the time because you remember the Power Man and Iron Fist comic that came out. That got, was just got, them. Got like, that
3: right in front of me from Sanford Green it's and David my, F. Walker. Yes, right in front of me, yes, it's
2: my favorite yeah. Marvel comic. I love it yeah. so much. Oh, okay. I'm calming down. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, so if nobody has any questions or comments left about my books, we are going to cut somebody loose. (gasps) It's time. Who is it? To get voted. Do I get to go
3: home? (laughs) Please? Please?
0: (laughs) You're already home. (sighs) Um, Aaron, you've got to bounce, correct?
4: I do. I do. I have to step away. Uh, but it was fun. I I know I've been sort of in and out lately, but it's been fun. I always enjoyed being back and I would definitely be back again. So, you know, don't worry. I love having you around. You're our family boss. All right. Uh, I agree. (laughs) And I appreciate that. All
0: right. right, You be well and give everybody our love and, uh, we will definitely be, we'll be in touch anyway. We'll We'll talk to you.
4: Thanks guys. Have fun. Good night. Yep. Night, Aaron. All right, everybody, he's gone.
3: <laughs> oh man. Just- that took eight <laughs> seconds, Steve. Come on. <laughs> Damien
1: just, Wayne, uh... let's go. I know.
2: I'm just saying, did he dip before my comics? He did. Is I he, he should have just looked at he should have looked at the list and seen I wasn't actually planning on talking about Damien today.
5: Oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> It's <laughs> a battle for another time.
2: <laughs> One day, listeners, the epic. Oh, of- he's still, he's in, the still in the chat.
5: <laughs> he's still in the
0: chat. He could still hear us. <laughs> oh,
3: we could do we a could, point just, counterpoint, like they did on you know sixty Minutes back in the day. damien pro Frank Yeah, I'm,
2: I'm telling you, you, we need a, wrong, buddy. a full debate. Is what we need. <laughs> just a moderated, full style debate. As a teacher, John, you probably moderated a bit debate before we could do this, right?
1: I can I can
3: do this. We got this.
2: Yeah.
3: yeah. You have a smoking right, jacket, John, with like patches on the sleeves and whatever? I will <laughs> buy one for this. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> Alistair Cook. Tweet, thank you. Yes. Tweet tweet. A, tweet of course. Yes, yeah. yes. You have a pipe. You, a pipe. you need a pipe. You need a pipe.
2: Yeah, sure. I got Split. that. Okay.
0: Just blows bubbles. Oh, yes. You
2: borrow one from <laughs> the exactly. exactly. Perfect. We've got it solved. It's pink,
0: but it's good.
3: Yeah. Even better. Even better. <laughs> we now have all right, Chris. four separate yes. episodes. This Chris. is good. Chris, help us out. <laughs> Get yeah. us out of this morass.
0: It's lightning round time.
2: Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm so excited to talk about all kinds of things today. Um, so. Technically comic book adjacent. Uh, I read the novel Harley Quinn reckoning by Rachel Allen this week. Oh my God. This is Harley. This is what she should be and is to me. I love this book so much. So this is a new adult novel, meaning it is not young adult. Don't get it twisted. It is mm-hmm. much more adult than that. But she is uh, just 18. So she's she's quite young still, but the plot is quite adult. Um, and basically the idea is, what if Harley just fully embraces the side of her that is just a feminist women's rights van- vigilante? And I love it. So her in this version of it, she gets her start because she is working in academia and gets to see the sexism, the mansplaining, the sexual assault and harassment on campus. And she goes, "Fuck this!" Don's a costume, starts a girl gang, and starts getting revenge Woo-hoo! on the people who did it. And it, she ruins reputations and lives. And I'm here. For it, I love her oh my so God. much. Yeah,
0: <laughs> promising young Harley.
2: It, no, okay, but so <laughs> you say that. But uh, a, a little teaser for an upcoming Gotham Outsiders episode. We interviewed Rachel Allen, and that is the inspiration. It is promising young yep. Harley. <laughs> Just called it. Oh, I love it. It's also hella bisexual. She has a boyfriend <laughs> at one point. She has a girlfriend at one point. It is so cute. And it is also really hard. So fair warning, mm-hmm. sexual assault, harassment, all of it on page. So, you know, brace yourself. Okay. But it is so worth the read. And it's what Harley should always be, in my opinion. So, And it also gets rid of the Joker as her origin, and I'm like, thank you. Yes, let's not do that. Um, so she gets to be her own origin story, and it makes me very happy. So that's one. I also picked up Teen Justice, number one, which I, I've not been this excited about a comic run in a long time. Um, So Teen Justice kind of you you get to see them in DC Pride a little bit, but this is their actual start. DC Pride launches directly into this story. So it's like a issue zero almost to this story. Um, and the teen justice characters are these like alternate, mostly almost all of them. No, all of them are gender bent versions of like the mm-hmm. teen Titans. So we have Talia who is the girl Damien and she's got little space buns and I love her. <laughs> um, and uh, y- you know, her dad is Al, Al Ghul. And so, Al, just Al. <laughs> Al, Ali, Al, Al Ghul and uh, Batwoman is her dad, In uh, mom. I mean, in this version, mm-hmm. you know, the, Bruce Wayne is a woman in this. And she's amazing. And she's best friends with Superboy, who, uh, you know, is Lewis Lane's uh, son, <laughs> daughter, I mean. And they're so cute. I can't wait to see little kids cosplaying these two because they are adorable and wonderful, and I love them. We've got a a male version of Raven, who is just dark, broody emo boy, which I love, and he is falling in love with Troy. Wonder, uh, Wonder,
3: uh, boy. Wonder Boy. I think it's
2: Boy. Wonder okay. Boy. Uh, and they have this adorable queer romance. And by the way, this is such a good pride story because literally everyone is gay. <laughs> um, and of course, they are led by um, the non-binary Jesse Chambers. And it Ooh. is so much fun. It is it again, like when you know, it remembers that comics can be enjoyable. It is banter, it is clever, it is adorable little romance, it's beautifully colored comic, like it's just a blast, and I am obsessed beyond reason with these characters. I love them so much. Oh, and importantly to me, and possibly no one else in the world, but to me very specifically, I have a long-term deep love for Clarion the Witch Boy. So, <laughs> wow,
3: that's a deep cut.
2: <laughs> I know I love him so much. And every time I say that, people are like, Excuse me, who? But they know, I know, we
3: know, we know.
2: The, thank oh, yeah. you. Fraser. They have a gender Grant bent. Morrison Frazier. Yeah. I
0: oh,
3: know
2: you. as well.
0: Thank they, you. Well, okay,
2: I didn't mean on this podcast, uh, okay. I kind of assumed you would know. I meant in general. Um, but
0: <laughs> <laughs> I never know, so I'm gloating now. That's fair. The civilian.
2: They have <laughs> Claris, the um, the witch girl, witch girl, and she is actually one of the Teen Titans in this, and I love her. Wow! She, mm-hmm. I, yeah, so go read it; it's so incredible. I oh my god! Is
3: I, this a real print book or is this a? You
2: no, can this get is it into real print or
3: digital. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's an it's, issue. It's
2: not it's not a webtoon. I actually didn't bring a webtoon this week. I know we're in <gasps> shock, but <laughs> I didn't bring a single webtoon this week. Uh, Um, I know I'm falling off. Everything Chris is saying
1: about this book is absolutely right. She's, I just wrote down the things I got to get this week. That just sounds
2: so good. Right, John? Like, Oh my God. It's so good.
1: So much fun.
2: I can't believe how wonderful.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I, I smiled the entire time I read it.
2: Me too. It was just so great. Oh, I love it. Yep. I love it. Um, so I have one more comic, but it, it's going to lead into my conference recap. So I'm gonna put it at the end. I just have mm. to say like a few words about Umbrella Academy season three. Oh. I'm not gonna spoil for anyone at all. Just first of all, Umbrella Academy is one of my favorite. It actually is my mm-hmm. favorite superhero TV show. It's the best. Whoa. It is. I'm put that out there. Boop. It is also you know and probably not coincidentally the gayest superhero tv shows.
0: (laughs) that's very true
2: Um, and it just keeps being it like embraces that and makes more of it every season and the thing i want to say so this is again no plot spoilers i'm going to talk about vanya for a minute so if you i guess really care about first two episodes spoilers about her only skip ahead but um Vanya is played by Elliot Page, who transitioned between season two and season three. And um, Elliot Page was playing a woman in the show uh, because as far as anyone knew, you know, that was what he was presenting Mm -hmm. as at the time. Mm -hmm. But he came out in between seasons when the show season three had already been locked in and written though the writers were done and there was no time to change it. So what they did is they had one writer, they brought on somebody who is a trans writer onto the show after the whole process was already done and had Elliot page collaborate to rewrite Vanya's character to be trans. So you get to watch, uh, I'm going to cry a second time this episode. Anyway, you get to watch Vanya transition into Victor on screen. Yeah, And it is so incredible the way that they handle it. The fact that you never get to see that. Like if there's a trans character, you don't get to see them and have been with them this whole time and then watch them transition. And you get to see the siblings be so supportive in that beautiful way that oh, they no, can I'm be. cry. Oh, stop. And, oh, but it <laughs> gets better. They like, they did all of this, you know, with Elliot page and they went back and changed the credits on the first season to have his, real name, Elliot Page. So uh, it's so beautiful this is how you do it now if you want to get mad with me for a second i don't think it's a coincidence that netflix has suddenly decided the show that they have put so much ad power behind to not even tell anyone that season three drops. oh come on so, <laughs> no they didn't they did not they are they literally the first two seasons were everywhere they even have netflix like icons right have you seen a word uh you know lots of people were no. like what it's out. How did it? When did it come out? It came out days ago, and nobody has said a word about it because fuck you, Netflix. Um, and that's all, on that. <laughs> that's all yes. i that. mad. All I to say about that.
0: Uh, the the marketing for this particular season has been really poor. Really in that really poor. they did have um, like a billboard rental uh, that they did.
2: And everyone thought it was the in
0: only. Wings. Yeah, Yeah, everybody thought it was an advertisement for Stranger Things because the only thing related to Umbrella Academy that they had was this tiny ass little umbrella at the very end that if you didn't see it, you missed it entirely. And because season four or part one season four of Stranger Things was, Mm -hmm. you know, the hot jazz at the moment and everybody's talking about the finale coming up, everyone just assumed that that was what they were talking about. And they just, they blew it. They totally blew it. And
2: they did it on purpose. Like, let's call a spade a spade. There's not a coincidence, but Netflix, we see you.
0: At (sighs) least though, everything that you're saying, I've only seen the first two episodes of the new season, but I absolutely love them. And so far I, I really did enjoy uh, Elliot's, Character Victor yeah. coming into the story and think that it was very well handled. I like how they're spending time yeah. with it. I do too. You know, and they're they're having conversations about it, and there are some really nice sentiments being you know thrown yeah. around. I love that they talk a lot about kind of how dysfunctional they are yeah. as a family. Yeah, but in my opinion. Even in these first two episodes, after watching those first two seasons, like they've never been stronger as a unit. Right. But that none of them none of them really realize it with the exception of, of Victor. Victor knows. Yeah. But, and oh my God. Not spoiling anything, but oh my God, that diner scene oh
2: my with God.
0: Victor and number one.
2: Oh my God.
0: When they, they they make their threat. So, oh, yeah, I know. Oh my God, it was such a great scene. The
2: show is amazing.
0: <laughs> it's really, it's really, really I good. I love
2: it so much. So please, everyone just go stream it and then leave it playing in the background because I really want there to be a season four and Netflix is doing everything in its power to get this thing canceled at this point. So I just need it. I need this show
3: in my life. <laughs> okay. I, 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 let me let me plead guilty. I have watched exactly zero episodes of Umbrella Academy. Oh, wow. Never read the book. Go
2: watch it. Okay. I you, am don't a, you don't a, need to. You don't need to read
3: the, read the book. book. You don't need to read
1: the book. Okay. That's, the, that's what I'm going to
3: ask. I'm a huge fan of Elliot and Ellen previously. In the midst of what happened last week, one of the movies I threw on was, of course, Juno. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I just love their work. And so to, to be able to watch that transition sounds like something I need to yeah. bring into my life.
2: Yes, you need to watch all of it because it's it's perfect. Like, I'm sorry. I yeah. know there, it's not perfect. There are flaws. Uh, uh, There's flaws in everything, well, the, right. But the, flaws that, the flaws that season one has become running jokes in season two. Like, it's mm. that kind of show. Yeah. It's still
3: self-referential clever. to their own flaws. I love that. Oh, love yeah. That. yeah. Oh, it's,
2: it's so good. It's, cool.
0: it's very, like, weird and yeah. zany- and like time travel and weird yeah. characters that you meet and also bob i've never read any oh, Umbrella okay. academy okay i
2: understand it's very been, different been, than this so i have all of it yeah i've
1: read, read, the the it. I've, yeah. Ahead, I've read it i know i've read all of the book i i i loved it but the the, the show is superior it's, it's just cool net, yeah. It, yeah klaus oh my god klaus, I, klaus
0: is my oh. favorite Klaus is my favorite. Five
2: is my favorite.
0: (laughs) I love I love Klaus so much. I mean, my Damian
2: Wayne loving ass loves five. Who's surprised? Oh, Diego
0: Diego's great too, don't get me wrong. But Klaus
2: Diego is is a high class Himbo. Like no one can convince me Uh otherwise.
0: I I want to like (laughs) I want to like drink mushroom tea and spoon with clouds. Oh my god! Who
1: does that somewhere? <laughs> That's
2: also, what I want to
1: do. Uh, Maybe you should interest- try a cult too.
2: I was going to say, special interest to John <laughs> and I. The show features a cult. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Um,
0: Bob, I, I genuinely think you would really cool. enjoy yeah. our yeah, a- Academy. It's very special.
2: Yes. Yeah. A thousand percent. Yes. Yes. It, yes. Yeah.
0: Ugh. All right, Chris. Go ahead.
2: Okay, so the my final comic then is the comic Picks by Greg uh, Schlegel, which is a comic no one has ever heard of when I talk about it, and I would really like to fix that. So Picks is a backstory, I guess. Um, my One of my nibblings, my niece, is, didn't like to read when she was growing up. So I decided to be that aunt, right? And just get her comics. (laughs) And, you know, we started with Moon Girl and Squirrel Girl and ones like that. Like, I was like, we're going to empower the hell out of you, child. Um, But one of the ones that we picked up uh, from our local library was this one called Pix. And it was a very small publication, like, not a big deal, big deal, like, publishing wise, but had somehow wound up in our library because the author was somewhat local to our area. And we read it and it just became a deep obsession with us. And so one of the other things I did to motivate her to read was take her to Comic-Con. So we went to Baltimore Comic-Con every year together. And I remember the first time I like drove up to the Baltimore Comic-Con, my little 13-year-old niece goes, oh, I found my people. Oh,
5: yeah.
2: <laughs> and we go in and one of the authors we see there is, is Greg. And she immediately rushes to his table and is like, oh, my God, I read pics. And again, this is a small – like he had a booth in Artist Alley. He's not like a big – Writer and he was just so psyched to not be like selling his book, you know, not having to pitch it, but to have someone who actually had already Mm. read it. Um, and so he, he, you know, he drew something in her comic for her, and it was this really lovely moment. She got a picture with him. She was dressed as Squirrel Girl. It was very cute. But then every year when we came back, he was still there, and he never forgot her. And so every year she'd come up, and he'd be like, "Ah, you! I know you." So it's obviously been a while since we've been to Comic-Con because there was a pandemic. This weekend, I went to uh, the American Library Association, which I'll talk more about in a little bit. But I'm walking down Artist Alley and who do I see but Greg, this guy I haven't seen in three years. And I come up and I'm like, oh my God, there's no way you're going to remember me. And he's like, you're Squirrel Girl's aunt. (laughs) And I was like, I am. I am Squirrel Girl's aunt. And I was like, she's not here with me, but she would so be so happy that I got to run into you. Would you be able to send her a Snapchat video with me? And he's like, oh, hell yes. So we pull out my phone and we snap her from the convention. And he's like, hey, I just wanted to say I've never forgotten you and I'm sending stuff home for you with your aunt and I just can't wait Till I could see you again. Um, and she cried. <laughs> oh, I'm man. crying. Come on. <laughs> and he drew, he, uh, so I got his new comics for her and he drew her pictures again. And um, it was just the best. <laughs> so <laughs> I really just need people. I haven't even told you what the comics Yeah, about, I want to really hear about Does it yes, matter it does. at this point? I know, but does it matter? Go get it anyway because okay. he's an amazing person. <laughs> Is it about but, the
3: cars? I'm, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs>
2: So Pix is a pixie. So oh, it's that. P-I-X. Uh, so Pix, So um. she is a, a young girl superhero. So here's why it connected to my niece so hard. She is a young girl superhero who is, you know, trying to figure out how to be a middle schooler, but also – be a superhero and balance all of the things like homework and it's very cute and very relatable but it ends up being this kind of surprisingly deep story about being who you are in a way that i don't want to spoil but it's beautiful and the guy who read it is one of the nicest humans in the world so please blow this comic up um just do it how
3: how do we how do we buy Picks, is it from him directly? Is it Amazon? Is it Yeah, you stores? can get it
2: on. You can absolutely get it on Amazon. You can also get it from him directly. You know, obviously he'll get more money from if you do it from him yeah. directly, but he'll get a better rating if you do it on Amazon. Hmm. Or as well, I told you... him this week, as I told him this weekend, I was going to buy it from him directly and then rate it on Amazon. And he's like, perfect solution. So okay. <laughs> so there you go. Um and so start with Picks, but he also does have a new series now, which is animal versions of the Justice League, basically. <laughs> and it's very cute, too. Okay.
3: It, it's just, I have yeah. a friend who's, she's 12.
5: Yeah. Oh, and I've,
3: I've been introducing graphic novels to and she's lopped yeah. up every, whether it's Kristen Gudsnuck or, or, or Stephanie's mm-hmm. and all sorts of other things. She can litter monarchs yeah. as well. Her birthday is two weeks away. Do you think oh, Picks would be? Yes. Okay.
2: It's- yes 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 and if you want to hear more from him i'm again not to just keep promoing he's going to be on gotham outsiders soon so after this weekend we Uh, may have become friends so
3: i can link her to that as well thank you yeah
2: exactly absolutely um so that is my lightning round part of it (laughs) (laughs) any questions about comics before i talk ala
0: Oh man!
2: I know that was a lot. Where
0: even began? Yeah. <laughs> These lightning rounds, I'll tell you.
3: <laughs> Harley has been in so many places over the years, and really since since though. we began this show, I mean, for me, it was still Amanda and Jimmy, Amanda Carn, and Jimmy Palmiotti,
5: yeah, who
3: sort of set the tone. But it's it's gone into some really weird places. Uh, the, was it Breaking Glass, the young adult one, I thought was very good. I really
2: liked that one. Yeah. yeah. yeah Par- like Harley Quinn and the Drag Queens. Are yes, you kidding me? Yes,
3: absolutely. Uh, love what <laughs> Stéphane Sage did by trying to reclaim some of the idea of, no, she's not sleeping with the professor because she needs a better grade. She's already the best student in the class.
5: Yes. She's doing
3: it when she's in control. She has agency of what she's doing. Yes. So it is sounding yeah. like Reckoning, though. This is very grown up, though, right? This is not for younger folks. <laughs>
2: It's it's a really hard line. It's very readable for younger folks, but the content is high. So it's it's what I would say you could read it as a teenager. I wouldn't read it younger than that. But you should read it with full warning of how much is coming. And if the kid's not like a mature enough for that, then you know adjust accordingly. So
3: okay, better if I gave it to my own daughter than someone else's.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah, God. Okay. You don't want to give some poor parent that conversation. <laughs> exactly.
3: Exactly. Well, <laughs> oh, here are all these toys um, with little parts. You figure it out. I'm just walking <laughs> away.
2: Good luck, parents. Yeah. <laughs> are you ready to talk about the patriarchy with your 13-year-old? Enjoy. Uh- <laughs> good.
0: Cool beats. <laughs> I, uh, I just bought Reckoning.
2: Yes! Just now. Oh, my God. So
0: that is a thing that has happened.
2: Good. Good.
0: Oh, boy. Um, I don't know that I have any direct uh, questions about your books. I'm really glad that you – how much of um, Umbrella Academy have you seen?
2: I of really season? just started it uh, because okay. uh, last week – oh, fun news for me. I submitted the first draft of my dissertation. <gasps> so, Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. So I have not – seen a television set in a while, um, nonetheless, anything on it.
3: What is your dissertation (laughs) about, may we ask?
2: Oh, my God. Now you're really going to get me started. Um, So my dissertation is on uh, asexuality and how people realize they're asexual and come to understand it and embrace it and then live their happy, full lives as themselves. So...
0: Wow. That's amazing.
2: Thank you. Thank
0: now, you. Can I read it? Yeah,
2: of course. I I please. I've been spending the last year and a half writing it. I'd love for somebody to read it.
0: <laughs> have you sent it to Bronwyn yet?
2: No, because I finished it and I left for ALA. I have done nothing. All right. In well,
0: when 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 you're when you're ready,
2: yeah.
0: send it. Absolutely. Send it my way. I would like to I would like to, yeah, send it to both Amen, of it. Amen to that, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so tell us about what is for the people that don't know, what is ALA, and tell us about your time there.
2: Yeah. Um, so, first of all, Bronwyn and I are going to do a full recap with all the stories on Thursday on Tune this week. Oh, thanks so- a lot. <laughs> well, don't worry, because there's too many for it to count as anything okay. close to a lightning round. <laughs> well, we're way past lightning. <laughs> I know. that's we. I know. We passed that when I started crying, right? No, anyway. We're
3: at molasses <laughs> round, but that's okay. It doesn't matter. <laughs>
2: So, yeah. So there's too many stories, but I want to give you taste of it. Uh, But ALA is the American Library Association. Um, I started going there because my co-host on Gotham Outsider is a librarian. So he was like, do you want to go with me? Be my plus one at this convention? And I was like, yeah, it sounds fine. Hang, Hang out with some librarians. Why not? What I found there was that if you want to go to a convention where you are surrounded by Miss Frizzles and Mr. Rogers, go to a librarian convention? <laughs> I've never felt so loved in a space before. I just wow. want to live there. They're the greatest. They all dress like they're on the magic school bus. And when you talk, <laughs> they fully turn their attention to you. And then you realize that how often that doesn't happen with people. Oh, exactly. And- They're all progressive. Like I swear they went from this, then we're protesting in DC and you know, everyone has pride stuff on because this always falls in June and it's just the most loving space. It's like if you got to go to Comic-Con, but you got to take out all the uh, gatekeepers and, you know, awful people that sometimes show up there and just have the cool ones.
3: The readers, lo- <laughs> the people who love words and books and ideas. Wow.
2: And it's, it's also, again, librarians, single most helpful people in the world. Yes. I literally said a question out loud and. S- five people appeared to answer it. And I was like, I'm not even talking to anyone, but I was like, oh, oh, well, thank you. Like, you know, where is this? Oh, I can help you find it, honey. Let's go this way. Like, okay. (laughs) It's so delightful, but it's basically this chance for librarians and, you know, people who find themselves guests of librarians to go meet a bunch of authors, to get a bunch of advanced review copies and to, you know, bond with each other over the things that we love. Um, DC Comics showed the hell up this year. They were incredible the way that dc comics has been you know pushing their queer narratives they did that at this con and it was so wonderful to see um the the staff there i'm friends with literally all the publicists that came now because they're the greatest humans in the world um they had like the big draw this year was my friend jazia axelrod Um, and you know, her and her trans story were the DC thing that they brought this year. Like they put all of their weight behind it and it was so beautiful. Like I got to watch mothers crying because they could give this book to their trans child. Um, someone from a country that, you know, is cracking down even harder on trans people that was here at this event, got to take one of those books home and it's just like we were, me and the publicist and Z were all standing there just crying all day long at how yeah. beautiful it was, and then uh, so you know obviously I'm I'm her friend and also just really excited about this book, so I just started talking to people about it, and then I some I kind of unofficially joined the DC publicity team for a weekend. Um and without busking, they just like busking they were like your You're, I was out busking. They were like, "Do you uh, do you want to help?" And I was like, "Sure." And they had to be a pile of books, and I just went out in the aisle and started talking to people about it. Um, to the point that somebody complimented DC for their new hire, and they had to tell them that I didn't work there. Um, so
3: far, so far. I, saying- I mean, I
2: have a bunch of numbers, is what I'm saying, but. <laughs> Um, and
3: five other jobs but you you could work for DC (laughs) easily you
2: could do a sixth why not it was just very fun and we had an absolute blast doing it it was just exciting to see people get excited about this book and every time I would talk to one of these wonderful librarians and be like a trans character for DC and they were like a trans character for DC everyone needs to hear about this so they know we want more and I was like yes that's what we need to happen Um, so now there is like I, I believe that I heard the publicist say that we managed to give away 400 copies or right around there of galaxy this weekend um and jadzia kept like just deciding to randomly start signing whenever she saw people we actually had to pull the pen out of her hand and tell her she needed to rest at one point um so it was a wild weekend but she was so happy and i'm so proud of her so um but yeah comics wise marvel did not show up this year Ooh. don't know why that happened dc definitely did obviously image comic was doing an incredible amount of stuff as well so was boom boom actually they're they're one to watch as far as their like team they really did an amazing job this year too i got to meet among other people greg lockhart eric smith Jarrett melendez obviously Judd Zia was there tate Bombadil, uh alice arden uh, somebody you might have heard of named Zachary Levi uh,
0: <laughs> you, you, did you end up getting his book as well I
2: got his book and more than that and you met him I met him and more than that he hugged me and called me Batgirl <laughs> and yeah. I may have died <laughs> I made, I, went, I rolled up in my Gotham Outsiders costume, which is a Batman logo skirt and a Batman logo shirt with a headband that is a Batman logo. Yes. So I rolled up to see him in this and he's like, Batgirl! <laughs> 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 made my weekend. Oh, he was so sweet and really tall. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know people always say that about actors, but I was like, holy shit, we could see him walking like the whole room we could see him because he was taller than everyone who was in the convention.
0: (laughs) What is uh? what's his book about? Is it a biography or something? It's a
2: biography, but it's all, it's a biography, but it's also about kindness and compassion, which is one of his big things. If you ever hear him talk. So it's like a little biography, a little bit, let's stop being shit to each other. So
3: that's pretty good.
2: Yeah. So there's definitely a lot more. If, If you have questions, I'm happy to answer it, but honestly it's very hard to summarize.
0: Um, I am looking forward to hearing more about it when you do Thirsty on Tune. Maybe we'll, uh, yeah, we'll push, we'll push that uh, episode out there, I guess, later this week, Mm -hmm. uh, if people want to hear more, but I'm so glad to hear that you, uh, had a great time. And it looks like you, you and TJ, I saw TJ's pictures (laughs) of the amount of books that you brought home.
2: TJ's was small. I will take a picture of mine. TJ's haul was small compared to the one I got because he's way pickier than I am. (laughs) Um.
0: Small. Oh,
2: no, yeah. Yeah. I'll take it. A- there's like
0: three, there's like, th- like four piles of these pictures I'm yeah, looking
2: at. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm telling you. Did you get more than that? Yes, I got way more than that. Uh, what? So- <laughs> All of these books are – the publishers are giving them away for us to review. I don't know okay. how I'm going to read – the 400 books I probably have now, but I'm um, going to try. <laughs> I'll definitely report back on many of them, I'm sure. But I'm very excited. I have a, an arc of Mariko Tamaki's new um, book that she has coming out. I'm very excited about. She wrote A Queer Retelling of Anne of Green Gables. So oh, wow, I, okay. uh, I'm really psyched. I have a bunch of arcs of um, um, Star Wars stuff as well. Cause Disney did show up despite Marvel not being there. Very strange, but Disney had a lot of stuff.
0: I can't talk about it <gasps> because it's not out yet, mm. but I'll just say this. There's something coming out from uh, Disney. That is not only is it going to bring out, the the horrible people with their comments and they're wanting to ban it and uh-huh. everything like that but disney is <coughs> excuse me slowly but surely making little inroads into things and a very unexpected character and property is set up to do some pretty remarkable mm. things for that studio uh, very soon. Is so. it already
2: written? Because I may already have it, if it is. If we're talking about it. I can't thing. say. Okay, off air. We're going to find out I might tell you actually it. I'll happen. tell you off air. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: It is, a, it is not a written thing. It is, okay. it is something else. I'll tell you about it off air.
2: Because I have some f- books I was very surprised by from Disney as well f- from this weekend. So, yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Fantastic! Mm-hmm. It was fun, uh, and I'm, I met about a billion authors. I guess I'll say this one as well: A.S. King recorded a video for oh, your wife, Steve.
0: I know, <laughs> and it made
2: Bronwyn cry. So
0: <laughs> love, love her, love so. her.
2: Oh, she is wonderful! And I walked up, and she was—I was like, "Can I get you to do this for Bronwyn?" And she's like, "I love Bronwyn." <laughs> so yes. <laughs>
0: They're pretty. Uh, they're pretty friendly. Yeah. She's also very friendly with Kelly Sue. Yeah, uh, they chat all the time via yeah. text. Yeah, uh, Bronwyn and, and Kelly Sue. It's pretty awesome.
5: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Bronwyn tends to go big or go home oh, with yeah. whatever she's involved in. And so when <laughs> she became part of the uh, Bitches Get Shit Done group yeah. with Kelly Sue, she participated in that a lot, and they ended up uh, forming a nice little bond. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um. All right, so here's the deal we we were going to make this our our pride uh, episode and so of course uh, other plans came into play and um, Aaron needed to to bounce out to take care of some family stuff and we do not want to have that conversation without him so we are going to hold off that conversation for another time uh, we will find an opportunity to bring Chris back to the show so we can all uh, continue that conversation. It's
2: all part of my plan. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I just,
2: I I,
3: could be on every week, Chris. mm -hmm.
0: It would be, (laughs) (laughs) I just want people to know that that conversation is coming and that we're not, we're not ignoring it. I just, this, this week obviously has been uh, a lot and, and best laid plans kind of went awry and, um, we just want to have certain people here for certain conversations uh, to get the best out of it and um so we all decided that we're going to wait for Aaron to come back. We'll we we'll, um, pride
3: month into July.
0: What do we care?
2: It's a yeah. calendar. Hey, look. We're not we can celebrate. We, 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 want. we
0: can can and should celebrate pride all year Amen. long. So Well, th- well this is it.
2: this is gay pride month. Next is gay wrath month. Just so you okay. know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's
0: do it. Um, so we okay. So so let's let's wrap up a little bit here. We got a few a few little bits and bobs to get through before we uh, we do our books. But um, huge news coming out of the Spotify podcast community that I am extremely excited about. They are doing another season of Batman Unburied on Spotify. I absolutely Chris, have you heard Batman Unburied?
2: I haven't listened yet, but it's I'm I'm getting oh. there.
0: Oh, I'm, it is so good! <laughs> it's so good, and they're doing another one. And so far, uh, Winston Duke and I guess uh, Hassan Minhaj was there. So I don't know if they're oh God, yes. confirmed. I, I don't know if that's a confirmation for their participation in the second season. But um, it it is happening. So that's that's very very exciting. Because honestly. For all the good Batman that we've been getting lately, this is absolutely at the top of one of my favorite. This is like right alongside the imposter
2: for me. Ooh, okay.
0: Yeah, big time. Big time. It's real, real good. Um, And then we have some other news that uh, DC has revealed a first look and release dates for the Red Hood and Zatanna Webtoons projects that are coming out. Yeah, so Zatanna and the Ripper, which is by Sarah Dealy, with uh, lead art by Ciro, will launch on Monday, July 11th. Oh, that's soon.
5: Yeah!
0: And then uh, Red Hood Outlaws, which is written by Patrick R. Young, with art by Nico uh, Bakuna, Bakunan? I don't know. B-A-S-C-U-N-A-N. Baskunan? Maybe? Sorry. Sunday, August 11th. So we got a little ways to, to wait for that. I'm terrible with names. I apologize. Um, these look... I mean, these preview God. images are are awesome. I know. I know. Well, oh, no. There's one for the Red Hood. Yeah. yeah, that looks nice. Doesn't
2: it look good? That's a
0: Tana one, though. Ooh. I... That's very cool. I
2: really hope the Red Hood one is similar to his characterization in Wayne Family, because what they've been doing with his character over there with his PTSD from the Joker is so good. I would love to see it really get explored.
0: Hmm. I'm a couple of... uh episodes behind in my batman main family adventures oh, gotta I gotta catch up.
5: Okay, <laughs>
0: yeah i gotta catch up with let's play i have a lot of things i haven't i haven't really uh touched webtoon in a while i've been uh been having problems reading comics the last couple of weeks i don't know what's going on with me concerts but concerts. uh concerts,
2: concerts. <laughs>
0: yeah no i just i have been like i've been binging a lot of things but I've—it's been a weird year mm-hmm. uh, for comics for me. I, I've not a whole lot has like stuck with me mm. uh, that I've read. But um,
2: you know, yes, there are
0: highlights here and there. Speaking
2: of things that stuck with you, did you see that everything is fine? Season two is coming.
0: <laughs> yes, I did. John, you yep. should read that you along with us. That. You
2: should read that. I
0: will. I got
1: to catch up on Teenage nice. Mercenary, too.
2: Yes. Oh, my God. I love that one. Oh,
0: that's another one that I got to catch up with. Uh, yeah. He's read more of that than I have, <laughs> which is amazing. Um, all right. Yeah. So let's, um, let's wrap this thing up. Let's talk about what books we're, uh, we're looking forward to this coming week uh, or this week, rather. Bob, what are you picking She-Hulk up? She-Hulk
3: number four. We have Cap Symbol number two. Saga 58, of course. Variants number one, Jessica Jones' story by Gail Simone. And the National Nightmare is Over, Batman Catwoman,
0: number 12. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, boy. Uh, John, what are you getting? Uh, Batman Beyond
1: the White Knight 4, uh, the aforementioned Bat-Cat 12. Uh, DC versus Vampires Killers One-Shot. Uh, Detective Comics ten sixty one, Robin number fifteen, Chip Zdarsky has a new image book called Public Domain. I'll give a look at Uh, Righteous Thirst for Vengeance number nine, Avengers fifty seven, Captain America Symbol of Truth two, and then X
0: Men Red number four. Woo! Nice. Uh, Are you you even though you have a thousand (laughs) books to read? Are you picking up any comics? I
2: literally just picked up. The comics. So um, as far as ones I'm gonna read, they're in various states of coming out sometime or having just been released. I got a stack from ALA, but quickly, uh, I have the graphic novel Slip. I have an advanced reader of the next Fence graphic novel to read, which I'm very excited about. Coming soon to all of you. Um, I have one called Young Renegades. I have a boom comic called Dark Blood. And I just, I was given uh, the first volume of Eat the Rich. So I'll finally jump in on that series.
0: Oh, I love that book. Oh, and I got that. Oh, you're going to enjoy that.
2: And I totally forgot. I got House of Slaughter as well. So... There we go. Nice. There we go. So, yeah. yeah. I have a lot. I literally picked them up <laughs> just now off the floor. <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> I don't see any. I don't see Saga on here.
3: Oh, okay. I thought 58 was this week. Um,
0: I don't know. Uh, I just now got access to where I usually look at my uh, my comics. It was down before uh, um, League of Comic Book Geeks.com. The
3: last one was May 25th. So it seems like it should be but you never know
0: no um as for me i also have that dc versus vampires killers number one uh detective 1061 harley quinn 16 robin 15 captain america symbol of truth number two she Hulk number four department of truth number 19 8 billion genies try again this week number two coming out hopefully uh monstrous number 41 righteous thirst for vengeance number nine Uh, saga if it ends up popping up is seven secrets number 18 the last issue
1: yes oh that that comes oh man
0: that's gonna be a gut punch pour one out um and i'm also going to give sins of black flamingo number one a try
3: that title why not (laughs)
0: Occult cult noir miami sleaze Sebastian Harlow is the Black Flamingo, a flamboyant and narcissistic thief who gets his kick stealing mystic artifacts from the wealthy and corrupt of Miami's occult underground. When his latest job leads him to, the, to his biggest score so far, the hedonistic outlaw discovers something he wasn't looking for, something to believe in.
2: Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun, dun. And I he,
3: can see being the Black like Swan, a- the Black Owl, the Black Eagle, the Black Flamingo.
0: Okay, sure. he's he's sure. he has no no undershirt on, so bare chested with a with a pink uh, like a pink jacket, a rhinestoned uh domino mask, quaffed hair, and a friggin uh flamingo flying out in front of him menacingly. I way that no way. How do you I'm- do
3: flamingo menacingly?
0: I want to hear this. I don't know. I'm I'm all okay. about it. It's I'm, from I mean, uh Travis Moore. Oh. Is uh okay. on this uh for the art. So, Tamara Bambion uh for colors, Aditya Bittakar for letters and Andrew Wheeler for writing. gonna talk
3: about this next week. I'd be disappointed.
0: <laughs> I am definitely going to check it out. I hope it comes out cuz now I'm even more psyched. <laughs> uh, Sins of the Black Flamingo. Flamingo. I great, have like album name. Go ahead. I have Saga coming out July 6th.
1: Ah, they moved it. Okay. Thank you, John. Yeah. Saga 60 number on July.
4: Yeah.
0: July 6th. There you go. All right. I think that is going to do it. Does anybody have any closing statements? Oh, I think I did enough opening statements, but okay. <laughs> I don't
5: want to close <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: This was a. Uh, this was a wild episode. Um, I have something to say. <coughs> I just want to thank everybody again for uh, for hanging out with us. If you you made it all the way to the end of this episode, <laughs> still here, um, I you know we mean it. We we really appreciate everybody tuning in. Um, if this is your first time,
5: oh, <laughs> oh, God. To the Talking Comics Podcast,
0: <laughs> it's not normally like this. Um, at least not entirely. Um, look, we got to get it out. We've always put it out there that you know we all live apart from one another. This is our time to be together. Um, some people could argue that we could do this stuff off air, and you know sometimes we do pre-show stuff. But um, this is just a bunch of friends being friends, talking about some comics, and you and know,
3: friends out there. there too. are issues yeah, that it's come not along. Just us. We we discuss it for you, yeah. with you, as you send us emails and tweets and rest. It's it's a community.
0: Yeah. You know, it's, it's nice to be able to put on a show and, you know, create some escapism and hopefully, you know, we eventually got there tonight, but there are times when you can't stay silent and when staying silent is the worst thing that you can do. Um, and so we feel very strongly about these issues and these things and we wanted to put it out there. So, um, You know, we care if you need to reach out, if you need to talk to anybody, uh, you know, at Talking Comics on Twitter, podcast at TalkingComicBooks.com is the email. Uh, Then, of course, there's always Chris and Bronwyn from Thirsty on Tune. Yes. And um, so that's going to do it. I just want to say thanks. And um, yeah, we've reached the end of this week's edition of the Talking Comics podcast. As always, comments, questions, whatever you've got podcasttalkingcomicbooks.com go on to if you use Spotify, if you listen to us on Spotify do us a favor and go and rate us on Spotify Uh, five stars is the nicest you can be, so be nice Um, seriously, it helps us out, it moves us up the ranks, no, people have gone and and done this, like a couple of people have actually taken the time to go and do it, and I just want to say that we appreciate it Um, we're number two, we're number two,
3: we need to be number one yeah,
0: that's It's true, actually. Um, So, yeah, if you could go to Spotify and give us a rating, that would be amazing. Thank you so much for that. Uh, Beyond that, Bob, where can our listeners find you? Old fashioned
3: email, Bob Ryder, talkingcomicbooks.com. You'll
0: always get an answer. Uh, John, how about you? At John P. Burkle. Uh, Chris, how can why don't you why don't you pimp for a bit? How can everybody <laughs> do, get in touch with you? Do my and, spiel?
2: Uh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You can find me on Gotham Outsiders where I talk Batman queerly with my librarian friend TJ. You can also <laughs> find- librarian
0: friend TJ. <laughs> he j- he it's
2: just he just his business card. He just got promoted to librarian so I'm going to say it as many times as possible. He was a library assistant, he is now a librarian and I'm very proud of Congrats.
5: him. Aww.
2: Um and you can also find me on this channel on Thursday on Tunes where we review webtoons and now romance novels and sometimes just talk about things. So that Ooh. that show the show has evolved over time. Um and oh god, all the other things. And you have lots
0: of really <laughs> really cool things coming you up too in the we next have couple
2: of weeks. Interviews we have at some point we'll have John on to talk about cults. We're planning that one in our group chat <laughs> right now. <Yep>. Uh, <laughs> It's so we have a happen. lot of fun. <laughs> it's got it's gonna happen very soon, probably. <laughs> uh <laughs> so we have that going on over there. Uh other than that, I guess I almost uh work where DC publicity now, probably. Ooh. Uh but But quite seriously, (laughs) uh, I also do actually review comics and books as well as I consult on comics and books. And I am available for consultation for psychology or queerness or gender issues, anything related to all of that. I do. And I have a few slots open still if anyone needs somebody. I think that's all the things I do. (laughs) Um, So. You know, if that wasn't enough. That was yes,
3: pretty intense. <laughs> and you busk on the side.
2: And I busk for Judzia Axelrod yeah. <laughs> on the side. So amazing. read Galaxy the Prettiest Star because it's amazing.
0: <laughs> well, thank you as always for joining us for this Absolutely. episode. It was
2: fun. I, li- I literally, Steve knows this. I literally drove from DC to here four hours, ran in the door, sat down to record. So <laughs>
0: oh. yeah, impressive. <laughs> That's I was at, some dedication. I was at
2: that con at seven this morning, too, so.
0: Wow. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, I was going to say something else. Oh, about next week. Um, So next week's show is kind of up in the air for us, given that it's uh, a holiday and schedules have been so crazy uh, that we – weren't really able to plan too far ahead. We're going to figure something out, but um, next week's show might be short. It might be weird. It might be something entirely different Ooh. than what we normally do. I, we, none of us know yet. So <laughs> um, yeah, if we're, if we're, we're one week out where there's a weird, there's a weird show. Uh, we apologize for the the gap in uh, our regularly scheduled stuff. But we will be back the following week with another show, of course, because this thing keeps going. And um, that's going to do it. So thank you all so much for listening to the show and uh, be excellent to each other. And until next time on the Talking Comics Podcast, to be continued.